drop a blanket over that damn crate. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by crating. I'm a All right. We are live. So, hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans, it's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just 3D nerdy veterans, and we're all here this time, geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. The podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction. So, uh, without further ado, we've got the wine, we've got the smokes, we've got the dip, we're good to go. So, Doc, did I tell you what happened since the last time you were on the show? Uh, no. One of our listeners who asked to remain... added another person who's a nerdy vet. This is true. So there was one of our listeners reached out and requested to remain anonymous and said, apparently every time that I mess up solo and I say it's the sci-fi, sci-fi shenanigans, I owe you a dollar. So I just want you to know if you don't come on more, I'm going to have to take a mortgage out on my house. So you, you can't <laughs> skip anymore. Another mortgage. You, so another mortgage. <laughs> I, I was getting grief in the uh, – they're blowing up my personal messages, though. They didn't send it to the podcast. So that's almost cheating, right? They should put it in the Facebook group so everybody can know. Mock me publicly. Okay. Learn, JR, public scolding. <laughs> all right, all right. So if it's you're looking way. at the title – It's the Army way. If you're looking at the title, you realize this is the big episode 2.0. It's the 200th episode for us. Uh, we had 185 as the sci-fi shenanigans, and now we are at 200 uh, with the Blasters and Blades. So collectively, we're almost 400, but we're going to go with 200 because we're we're new and improved now, Doc. That's right. And I uh, totally and agree. and about to have your own website. Absolutely, Ooh, and so only took 200 episodes. <laughs> only 200. I mean, you know, but we don't look a day over 100, Nick. Not a day over 100. Oh man, it's not the years, bro. It's the mileage. <laughs> so the uh, the idea for this one is we brought on another nerdy veteran, Mira, who has been on the episode before too. Did I say it wrong? Yeah, I corrected you before. You Mara. 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 Mara, isn't that what I said? I'm hard of hearing. Said, oh, Mara. Look, it's Spanish for look. You're like, yeah, yeah. Look, all right. No, I've been blown up 27 times. I get a pass at least once, right? You got to get yourself a glass of wine. Then you'll never mispronounce it again. Yeah. All right. So note to self, become a winaholic. All right, so Doc has been trying to school me that wine was better than beer for ages, but she has not yet convinced me. It's good for her. Try the White Zinfandel, man. If you like anything that has fruit in it, any of the blushes will be happy for you. I, I tried a yeah, blueberry yeah. wine. It's not the only way you can get it. Yeah, get, get it in a box, too. Get some... Uh, my, my oh, I hear it's classier in the box. Just try mead. Mead is more amazing than any of them. I've tried mead, and I didn't like it, but I'm told, like, finding the right beer, you got to find the right brew. I, we talked to... Who was it, Hillbilly, that designed... Who brews his own, Doc? Help me. He's a, he's a guest. Hillbilly does brew his own, Williams. I couldn't remember his real name, though. Ah, he's another Robert. author. Will you Robert something or other? Hillbilly. He brews his own. He keeps that. Uh, when your name uh, becomes so synonymous, people forget your real name. That's Hillbilly's problem. Yeah. So he needs to start putting Hillbilly on his book so people will know who it is. Um, but he was telling me that with the with the mead, it's like finding the right beer. All of them are different enough that it's worth trying more than one. Unfortunately, I they're not. I my grandmother's recipe, so I guess I could make you a bottle of that and see what you think. Oh, there we go. I've tried moonshine before. That was good. And I've tried uh, the Scottish version of moonshine, which was homebrewed whiskey. Mead. That, that got me in trouble. So at the homebrewed whiskey, it was so smooth, you didn't realize you were drunk. And then they drop you off at the barracks and you're crap-faced. 
shit face. You know what we're gonna say? We're shit faced. And uh, apparently, I I don't remember much of that night, but I puked on a general shoes. So that was always an a pleasant it's the experience. The two hundredth episode. If you can't break out the seven deadly words, when are you gonna do it? Absolutely. So, William Joseph so, Roberts. That's his name. There we go. So uh, that's the day I puked on a general shoes, and pri uh, Corporal Handley became Private Handley again. <laughs> you're not a true NCO until you've done every rank twice. Well, I, I was like a triple threat as a corporal, but I only made sergeant once before I got blown up and blown out of the army. Did they, so, did they introduce you to Purple Jesus? Oh, wait, you said you were army, not navy. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> I do like Viking Alchemist Mead, which is also a veteran-owned company. It's an awesome... Uh, I'm telling you, their, their meads are amazing. They have one called... Uh, what is it? It's it's. Antinomy. I always want to call it Antigone, but that's not it. It's, it's not Antinomy. Antinomy. Thank you. I'm being oh. nice and polite and not pouring myself a bottle, a glass of right now because I have some. Of that. Oh, now you want to get your shit? <laughs> get your mead, girl. I got get, some. Get stuff your mead on. So, uh, so she, drink it all, splat it down, say score. I think she was a uh, death pedal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't play. So duck. Doc was going to try to get them to sponsor us because we talk about them so much. I love Meat. Viking Alchemist. They actually have great meads. You guys should talk about them more. They need to They need to be around for a long time. Meaderies have a tendency to uh, not get enough backing and then go out of business. And I do not want to see that out of them. And they if you listen, really you can write us a check and we will pimp you every week. Yeah, they got a really good peach one, too, um, that I don't remember the name of. Of course, it's Bliss. Georgia, so it's called Bliss. Bliss. Always going to be a big Bliss. thing. What is it? Called Bliss. I serve it to all Bliss. my buddies from Fort Bliss. Yeah, it's it's oh. so we so have in Virginia drinking and forget your drinking until you wake up the next morning. Nice. Yeah. In Virginia, we have Black Snake Meadery, but I, I haven't checked on them post COVID to see if they survived. I haven't seen anything out of Black Snake in about three. I'm in Virginia too, you know. Um, I know. But I haven't seen anything out of since before COVID either. So that makes me worry. There are a couple really good meaderies up in the Blue Ridge Mountains, uh, a couple lesser known breweries too, but um, I won't go into those too much because most of them are in Southwestern Virginia, my old stomping ground. And they got enough press over there that they don't need me saying their names. All I'm saying is them hills have eyes. They do. You just watch out. And if you hear a banjo, you go running. Uh, not in yeah. Southwestern Virginia. Maybe, well, no, not in Roanoke. In Franklin County, yeah, run for the hills. Uh, I, I've yeah, been up there too. Delonica. You heard the banjo <laughs> playing in Delonica where they filled that damn movie. And you don't have live rounds. All you got is blinks going through the big suck. You're like, <laughs> yeah, the RIs would play that to mess with you. <laughs> I didn't sleep. All right. I didn't sleep at all anyway. But like, I definitely. JR's going to try and keep us on track. He's like, all right, let's move on. No, I, I was going to put Doc on the spot and be like, she had planned out the perfect episode 200. And, no, uh, but but it means wait, that you, you didn't write the script. Have to relinquish the reins and let somebody okay. else do the questions. I so, said, so, Mira, Mira has a great idea. Mira, she Mara almost said it wrong. Saska, ten points reduced from Gryffindor. And I'll make it a drinking game. I'll Name never. pronunciation is a thing. Ask us how we know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno. No, not Bruno. Not tonight. <laughs> Don't talk about uh, no, no, no. So here's the yeah, thing. I know the words. I have kids. It was my wedding day. We were getting ready, and there wasn't a cloud in the sky. And that's I think the only without Disney who hasn't seen Bruno here. What you haven't? 
You I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, oh, my Bruno? God. Well, not Bruno, Perfect. but... Uh, We're going to do a watch party with Encanto. Adults should watch it, too. It's just too much fun. So, but we talked about doing a... Actually, it was Mara's idea to do... Um, Sorry, JR said something, and I, I actually... I have ideas. What the heck? Um about doing one where we talked about kind of the behind the scenes, why we got into doing it, how we've kept going with doing it. So in that vein, hi, my name vein, is I invited... I'm going to be moderating Blasters and Blades for you guys tonight. How y'all doing? In that vein, I brought on her. That's Cox Rated Rock. Luckily, we got a duck. You may I have seen me song. before on the side of the road. Drink. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> You might remember me from moderating elevators at Dragon Con. Uh, so, I do have a quick question for you guys. Because, I mean, I, I'm new to this, obviously. I think this is, what, the third one you guys have had me on? Yep. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, you know, I'm new. Three out of a 200 means I missed 197 of these. So, um, JR, uh, how did you meet Saska? So, I started the podcast uh, in 2017. When I started writing, because I needed to get myself out there, and I didn't want to just talk to other authors, because that's like the the biggest mistake new authors make. They only want to talk to other authors who most likely don't have time to read their books. So I said, well, let me talk to the readers, because I like nerdy stuff. They like nerdy stuff. Let's do a podcast. After season one, Winder, my co-host at the time, who had to get a real job, uh, he said, you know, sometimes it's a sausage party, and you know, a different perspective would be helpful. Maybe we could find a female veteran who could show us the other side of, of military life. And so I Ew. reached out to Casey Azell, who I knew was a Air Force veteran and a pilot. And, you know, we I dealt with her before on an interview. And so I said, I know you probably don't have time, but do you know any other female veterans, maybe new authors that are hungry to get themselves out there that'd be willing to come on and be a co-host? And she goes, no, but I have someone who doesn't know how to say no to things and I can talk her into this. And I said, sure, that sounds like a good person to have as a friend. And, uh, and so she introduced us to Doc, well, introduced the, me and Winder to Doc, Doc Winder and I. Uh, and we had about yeah. an hour conversation. Grammar. Yeah, I know, I'm correcting my grammar, but I've had a few myself tonight. Um, oh. I mean, I'm not gonna be puking on the general shoes tonight. That's next week. Uh-oh. And so <laughs> Doc and I talked for an hour and we realized uh, with Winder that the chemistry like for a chat was there. So it wasn't gonna be like watching grass grow or something boring. Uh, so we decided to give it a shot, and she came in on season two. Um, so at season one, we did one episode a week. So she came in at Sci-Fi Shenanigans episode 56, I believe. Wow. And then we decided we wanted to get more people listening because Doc was ambitious. She said, why don't we do three episodes a day a week? I have no idea what you mean by Seska being ambitious. No, 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 no. I've never seen any ambition. Well, she's really ambitious when she's volunteering other people to do the job. She really yeah. is, especially when she picks up the phone and goes, hey, uh, my friend said you might be good at this, so I thought I'd call an ass. That's actually not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you, not not so, there's so Doc actually. So, there's actually what's unique about Doc's episode because before we brought her on so they could get to know her, we interviewed her. 
she was the only episode that broke the bank when it came because we used to do show notes that included every book that was ever referenced in the show. I found links to them. And if we mentioned an article, I hunted all that. I got time for that now. We don't do that anymore. But Doc listed so many books in the first 10 minutes. I I should have known then that, that that day a ship had sailed. But we made an effort. I listened to it four times in pre-production to try to write all that crap down. There were 27 pages of show notes. Yeah, and that's when Winder was like, JR, I, I think we ought to not go so nuts anymore. Like, just get the big ones. Well, so, so Saska, what made you say, you know, yes to JR? I mean, I know you can't say no to anybody, but what made you go, yeah, this is a really good idea? So I will say um, Casey approached me and she was like, it was like New Year's or something. And she was like, so I have an idea and I really want you to say yes to it. She's very blunt about that part. I think you should say yes to this, which generally means she gets stink eye if you don't. She lets you know the correct answer before she asks you the question. <laughs> it's a very good handy officer tactic and a very dangerous mom tactic. Fair. Um. So, and I went, well, okay. And so we talked about it and it seemed like a fun idea at the time. Lord knows I was wrapping up my, getting my chemistry degree at the time so it was like i had so much extra time not um but it was worth doing and to be honest it was like okay there's a certain level of when you're finishing college you feel really really great but at the same time when you're applying to jobs and they're like hey you know you're kind of old but they're not actually politely saying that or honestly saying that they're just kind of hinting around the bush you start to feel kind of like this so it was actually a really great thing for me because it kind of evened out the tempo and it was like, okay, I can, there are things I can do, <laughs> you know, but um, I would say actually going back to that initial episode, we could, t I could tell when Winder finally got around to uh, editing the audio because he go, he started texting and he goes, you met who? You read who? You really like classics. <laughs> and it's like, I've been doing this with you guys for a month, guys, and you're just now listening to this? You're just now figuring out? Because I didn't want to be like, I will admit, I was hesitant at first because I did not want to be like the check mark. You know, when you, when you, we've all seen shows where they have like the checklist. Do they have this demographic? Do they have this demographic? And I didn't want to be that person who was brought in because I happen to have ovaries and a DD-214 as a match set. So I wanted... Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying that you weren't brought on because you checked boxes? Because I'm just curious. I mean... I think that was part of why they were looking and I fit the right thing, but I was a good fit. I was going to say, JR just so, said for check boxes, so you check we were looking, boxes and we're cool. <laughs> so, so it was twofold. Sometimes I had to bail on episodes because uh, we've talked about I have special needs kids and sometimes that Matt Winder would have to go solo and he wasn't as comfortable. He's more of an introvert who faked it because he liked me. We got along. We were good friends. And so I was thinking having a co-host would make that easier on days I had to balance so we could split the load a little bit if somebody's life got a little nuts. So we knew we wanted a third person. And then Winder got the bright idea that if we found a female veteran, because let's face it, like we had the Marine non-combat arms, we had the Army combat arms with me, 
having a female veteran of any branch in any MOS would give a slightly different perspective because like one thing you learn in the military is everyone's experience is dependent on who they were, where they were and what they did. So, you know, um, a grunt in the army and a grunt in the Marines, pretty similar. A cook in the army and a cook in the Marines, pretty similar. But a grunt in a cook's life is somewhat different. Yeah. And so given the error that we all served in, we recognize that a lady, a female experience in the military might not be the same as ours. Uh, both that's, in, that's and so, yeah, that was what we were looking for, was we wanted the veteran who brought something different to the table. If we had found a guy that brought something different than the two of us, we would have jumped on that too. So I will say this, we scared a whole bunch of people because when we finally had the production meeting and it was like, okay, you're a fit, we're a fit, we're all in agreement, let's do this. I posted, because Winder was a Marine, is a Marine, sorry, he's a Marine, he's at, no longer active duty, but Marines are always Marines, so they tell me. Wow. Um, I had an organic, Avery equipment. <laughs> I had an organic crown egg that was made from organic soy Crayola stuff, and I posted it. Look what Winder gave me. As a welcome to the show, it's all organic. Even that's a big deal. <laughs> and when then they give a bunch of people up. started messaging Jr. Convinced that he was leaving. Oh, they thought oh, we were firing him. And then when he heard about it, his boss used to listen. They started getting like paper plates, and they put all the crowns that were left in the various classrooms and dribble them with ketchup and present it to him like it was his lunch. They did that to him for like a solid month. Oh, that poor man. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so how did you guys end up finding Nick and what on earth possessed you to bring him in? So uh, we started when we, well, Winders um, had to get a day job that had insurance because his insurance was originally through his wife. Without going into their business, he needed to get a job to, to help out with, with the insurance side of things. Um, careers in transition. And when you work for yourself, sometimes you just, somebody's got to have the insurance. And so he just couldn't do it anymore. He wasn't writing anymore either. So his motivation to do it, I mean, we're still friends. I talk to him all the time. But so Doc and I were like, well, if we're going to do this, like Winder left, let's rebrand to do sci-fi and fantasy because, you know, she's oh the God. fantasy track director. They would and ask me, they'd be like, got a good sci good author to bring on? Sure. Okay, one who are, that's great. These are wonderful authors. They don't write fantasy because that's or sci -fi. That was a big that don't write sci-fi because that was the big thing. Sci-fi shenanigans only did science and science fiction. Ah, so you were missing a huge subset of listeners. Well, I, I used not to tap it. It was like I got both sides of my personality taken care of between the two. Yeah. So we looked for, we knew we wanted to, for the same reason I had a third co-host with, with the last podcast, Doc and I said, let's get a third one and see if we can find another veteran. And we were talking with Walt and we joked that we were going to, because we were asking for, at the time, I was asking him software to use because we use different programs that were a lot less user Walt friendly. Robillard, which is, this is Walt Robillard's for anybody who's listening. And this is This is why we also call, I call him Grandpa Walt. So he's the one who hooked us up with Anchor FM being idiot proof. So otherwise known as JR proof on the podcast and uh, in um, StreamYards, which is how we record. Uh, he, he's the one who said those are easy programs. Even you can handle it. So once we had the program set up, we were getting the the titles, and then I said, "Well, we're looking for another co-host. We want another veteran." And he happened and he said, "Well, do you have anybody that does comics? Because that's the one angle for sci-fi and fantasy you're missing is comics and games." 
And I said, no, we don't have anybody. He goes, well, I've got this friend, Nick. He was in the army too. Uh, he was a spicy grunt and he does, he plays RPGs, tabletop RPGs, and he's a comics guy. So you get a twofer on that one. So we could sort of expand our audience. Uh, and so we did that tr another, cause you know, like I said, you got to make sure you have audio chemistry. You, we've met plenty of authors who we absolutely adore their books and we like them personally, but on a podcast, they're boring. Fair. And so they, it's just, they get too uptight. They can't let go for whatever reason. Although some of those authors, if you get a few drinks in them, they're the life of the party. So now you bring me to my next question for you too. All right, so he introduced us to Nick. Who is the most boring interview you've ever done? Oh, no, 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 we can't do that. Oh. That's not okay. nice. Okay, Actually, who's the most exciting me. interview you've ever done? Also me. The one you were the most <laughs> excited for, the one you enjoyed the most, JR. Um, so I really love Mark Allen Idle Heights um, Staggers Tiger series. So that was a lot of fun because we couldn't do it until we were the Blasters and Blades. Uh, we did get a lot of fun when we picked our name. Originally, we had a few others, and we had BattleTech uh, Corporation send us a few cease and desist letters because apparently we trampled over their copyright. Who knew? No. So, so that was a whole whole ordeal. And finally. Uh, we reached out to Richard Fox because we were talking about it while we were doing it. Who writes Mill Sci-Fi? And we said, we've got these names. You're really good on this kind of stuff. Which one won't get us sued? And that's how we ended up with Blasters and Blades because he's dealt with IP lawyers before. Well, um, and, and you say Battletech sued you, so that just gives No, no, they didn't sue us. They just sent us a letter that says, please stop. Gotcha. Yeah. And we hadn't even done anything but announce it on Twitter yet. So, I mean, no oh, harm, no, no foul. I think yeah, they were kind about it. Like we called them. Like I talked to their lawyer on the phone. I'm like, I don't understand. Like we're a podcast there, and they they were really nice. They even explained the law behind the IP. I'm sure for them it was billable hours that were easy that they could then turn around and bill the other guy. But I mean, it was kind of cool for them to explain some of the IP law to me as a as you know someone who's never had to really worry about that. Um. So, but yeah, when we rebranded and we could do sci-fi and fantasy, so I really like Mark Allen Idle Heights. That was a lot of fun. Uh, he takes himself very seriously, which makes it a fun interview, um, in a good way. Like I, I, I like that guy's books to death and he's, he's really friendly. Um, he's not quite at the David Weber series level where he like absolutely loves his universe to the point where he wants to live there. He's sort of that meets reality as, but as a person. I will say this though, he did name his, his house Steiger's Run. I, I mean, I, I got nothing against that. And then, Whoa. so that one. I was actually on a great panel with him at DragonCon too that Seska set up. Um, I think that one was uh, <laughs> historical fantasy, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he. It was. It was amazing to have him on that panel. He is so much fun to talk to. I can't wait to get him back on to talk about his um, Romans and Roman Legion in space series that he's doing. But. Right, um, so Seska, but what yes. You? What, what oh, I had one more. Oh, oh. sorry. Go ahead, Jr. Uh, uh, Jr. with the words. Uh, I know. No, no, Who no, knew? No, I like to talk. I have a strategy. Let him finish this one. Then I have a strategy for the next one. Go ahead, JR. So the two books that when I first got diagnosed with a TBI, I couldn't read. Like uh, just the, the print was giving me migraines. So when I discovered the Kindle, I found two books together. Um, Joe and uh, Terry Mixon. Joe, oh, I'm drawing it. Vasicek, I think is how you say it. It's, it's a, a Slavic name and I butcher it every time. And so when I got to interview both of those, that was kind of cool because like reading their stuff saved my life. So that's awesome. Don't ever tell an author that by the way, because you will terrify the living daylights out of them. Case in point, 
Sasuke put me on an amazing panel at Dragon Con with one of the people that truly bonafidely wrote books that saved my life when I was a kid. And after the panel, I looked at him and told me that, and I don't think Timothy Zahn will ever look at me again. All right, Sasuke, who's your favorite? Oh, ooh, I think, honestly, Matthew Quinn was is one of my favorites. Okay. Why? About Matthew Quinn. That's the well, cyberpunk guy. We were just talking about him earlier today, JR. But he was so much fun because it was one of the... You mean Goodwin? What? Goodwin, sorry. Goodwin, Goodwin. not Quinn. What, Matthew Quinn was fun, too. He came to Dragon Con, and that was so cool, actually, meeting somebody in person who follows the TED Cat podcast. Um, but Goodwin was fun because it was the first time we had somebody on who turned from being a listener to an author to a guest. And he, like, and you could really tell that he had listened to all the episodes, including my, um, my passionate dissertation about William, about Faulkner. So I oh, gotta no, say, no. there is fair warning. If you ever talk to the guy in person, he could sell ice to an Eskimo. Yeah. Seriously, an hour into this episode, and I agreed to publish a cyberpunk anthology that's coming out this month, October. And uh, <laughs> I don't even read the genre. I know nothing about it. I didn't contribute. To I'm just publishing it because he convinced me. He's, he's yeah, very good at that. He, him and Casey Azell are right up there with with uh, convincing you to do things you didn't know you wanted to do. Okay, yeah. so what about you, Nick? What was your favorite episode so far? Uh, I got a few of them. Uh, Doc Spears, definitely cool to talk, talk to. Um, my favorite, Air Force Officer Casey. Um, Dennis Robinson, which we just recently did with his like and book. Um, just and Casey awesome. was on with Larry Correa, right? Yeah. Uh, we've been on a few times. Yeah, there's like one of the few times that I got to inter you know, be part of the interview where it was just her. She was okay, kind of so y'all want to see my strategy for getting JR back on track? Are you going to squirt oh, me with a water bottle? Oh, <laughs> kitty. So everybody loves baby kittens. I've already named it. It's Formir in my mind. I don't care what you name it. What's his name? Formir. Formir? You know what? I actually kind of like that. We might go with that for this guy. So this this guy was just born eight days ago. See, we live on a farm. We're not nice. that far from Jr., but we are that far from Jr. So that's the, the cool thing that, that uh, that's Virginia for you. <laughs> so that's the cool thing that Nick and I realized one of the times where we did the drunken episode where we did the forgotten ruin uh, drunk was panel. It forgotten because you were drunk. No, that's the name of the series, and we got drunk. Um, the, the guest was like two hours late. To be fair, the guest was an hour late. It turned into, it went from being a production meeting to a venting about life, catching up with our buddies meeting. And then he, then the guest logged in and went, oh, good, you're here. Let's do this. And Nick said, fuck right. it, we'll do it live. Okay. Yep. Fuck it, we'll do it live. That, but I mean, that session. Got me through the army. Got me through 17 years of that. We'll just do so, it driving a car throughout all of it. So the lighting is always very weird on him. And but like but really in the pre-production. In the pre-production of that interview, I realized that one of the times that my unit was was ambushed and pinned down in Iraq, we called a helicopter support who, in the middle of a firefight with tracers going both directions, they couldn't get their panties out of the wad and say, you know, I think we got positive identification. They just left us. They like, you're on your own. And oh, so we called in, we ended up calling in a ranger team 
uh, sniper team to help get us out. And I just mentioned that it was the Reaper team. I didn't know them. Like, they were just a call sign to me. And Nick's like, no shit, that was my unit. So we actually met in Iraq before we had known anything about no, each no, other. No, you didn't meet in Iraq. You were two. Well, I met his boys. Two rounds passing in the passed night. Passed in the night, except not ships, because that would make you Navy. Yeah, <laughs> we weren't that guy. Watch. Two two ground forces intermingling, not knowing one another, kind of like a drunk. Let's talk about stand. ground forces intermingling. Why don't we? No, um, that's a whole nother. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I wasn't in the second, so I never filmed anything. Or, uh, <laughs> we're, we're not talking about it. how Saskia decided to have a kid. All right, now. Wow. <laughs> you got knocked up so, by a eighty-second dude by of family. Yeah, so speaking of family, you guys all have some family unit going on. What do your family units think about the time it takes you to uh, do these podcasts? I'm going to start pick on that one. I get stabbed a lot. We call her Miss Stabby. That's her name, by the way, for the podcast, Miss Stabby. Yeah. Miss Stabby, Stabby, got it. Yeah. Should we tell him, Doc, how he got that? she got that name from us? Only if they she want came in and stabbed me. So no, during the first session where we were trying to decide if if the chemistry was right, we were. So it should have been like a 15-minute honest. It's going to be a 15-minute call, Nick. An hour and a half later, we were still chatting. And his wife came in. She said, dinner is getting cold at this point. You get your butt out there or I will stab you. And she had a butcher knife in her hand. Oh, my God. And that's when Doc started calling her Miss Stabby, and it stuck. So she's Madam Stabby. I loved it, though. Podcast. Okay, it so awesome. that actually... That could have ended up with a police episode, but instead it ended up with him on a podcast. I love that. Well, we love her. She is awesome. Gabby is our friend. That's cool. What about you, Saska? How's how's your uh, family handle it? Um, my family is okay with it. There, it was bumpy at first. No lie, because it's because um, it can draw a lot of uh, balancing issues at times as a single mom. But uh, I'm really lucky. Uh, <laughs> I have had to take to both bribing and docking my my spawn's life. Um, where it's, oh, you came in and it wasn't earth-shatteringly important? 25 cents, please. Uh, <laughs> so you've got a swear jar, but instead of swearing, it's for interrupting the podcast. It is, because we do, um, a lot of times people will go, why does Doc seem so out of it? And we make jokes that I've been drinking, but part of it is I start my day before six and many of our episodes are recorded at nine o'clock at night. And so um, there's been one or two where I think I've actually fallen asleep. Uh, yeah, sure. actually, I, I found this kind of interesting until I started watching previous episodes of Blasters and Blades and going out and looking at comments and things on Facebook and your group and everything else, I didn't realize people actually think you drink and drink heavily. And I can tell you, because I've known Seska for what, about seven years now? Um, and I've spent like the better part of the last two and a half pretty much on the phone with her up to 16 hours a day doing stuff. It's a little crazy. Um, I, I don't I can count the number of times I've seen you drink more than one glass on probably both hands. So I was like, wait, what do you mean you think Seska drinks? What? We That's do make a lot of, we make a lot of jokes about it. Um, I will say my family's been great because a lot of times if it's like I have a podcast tonight, so either we're doing di I, I'm not like 
I either we're doing food and I'm doing the dishes immediately as we're, you're cooking it, or we're doing food and you're not doing, I'm not doing the dishes. Um, so that's what spawn is for. Yeah. Yeah. Except he's not very good at it yet. Um, yeah, he'll get there. You gotta crack that whip, make him do a few more push ups. He'll get it. There you go. I, I mean, all right. You're a single dad, right? Yes. JR? JR, that's you, buddy. No, no. Oh, we don't talk about Bruno. Got it. <laughs> All right. right. He's so, a dedicated family man that loves his children. I Yes. And that's, that's so, the thing. No, I totally get it because I'm actually a special needs mom too. I've, I've got five and I tend not to talk about them online also. So sorry, I tripped a little thing there. Let's move on. Um, no, they, I mean, but they, they, it helps me teach them boundaries. There are plenty of times where I've had to edit out them interrupting or I, I'm quick on the mute button. I don't know if they, if the audience watching ever sees the little mute icon come out. That's generally when the kids come in. Doc likes to make fun that it's Elvis all the time. My dog barks, but not that much. But uh, but yeah, it's, dog it's Elvis. Hey, no, uh, that was the, he's a hound dog. Of course, the vet named him Elvis. I got him from the SPCA. He's a rescue dog. Oh, that's awesome. Does he have blue suede shoes? No, but he has a blue collar. That's even better. I will make him some blue suede shoes for rain booties. That is awesome. I've actually looked for a suede collar, but they don't make it. They said the material isn't tough enough. I can make you one. I know how to do that. Yes. So, but yeah, so it's been good at teaching them. Seamstresses on here now. We do. So it's been good at teaching the kids boundaries on like, you know, when someone's door is closed, you you knock before you come in and you wait to be said, hey, come in. Um, So that's been good. Um, It makes them not have to listen to my jokes over and over again. I make our audience listen to them. So that works for them. Um, and let's yeah. see, uh, oh, they're not as win, interested win. in the same nerdy stuff as me. So it's a win-win for them. It was, so, we had a funny one. What? Sorry, I I was about to interrupt you. Go ahead. So we had a funny one when we did the first episode with Larry Korea. Uh, my son came in just as we were starting before we hit record. And Larry goes, wow, you really do have a kid. Oh, that's, that's fun. Awesome. Because I don't take my my son to fandom events, typically. There's like one, maybe two events in a year I'll take him to. So it was like, yeah, no, no, no. She really does have a kid. I've seen it. I've seen it. We've seen, unfortunately, people be crazy. And uh, so I know authors who've had people, because they didn't like their political views, show up outside their kid's bus stop and, and get real weird. So, I mean, Doc and I both, because our kids are, are of that age, we're just overly cautious. Um, no, I totally but- understand. I'm actually the same way. Um, we uh, we have five amazing special needs kiddos, and a couple of them uh, have very unique, what we like to call special powers. And um, one of our super-powered children um, needed a hero. And, you know, in Virginia, we've got a lot of really cool heroes who also just happen to be politicians and accidentally got her involved to the extent that she became part of a political platform and attracted the uh, attention of some very bad people. And so, yeah, we've actually lived the opposite side of what can happen if your kids end up in the spotlight without you intending to. So now they all have special names like Valkyrie and Iron Frog and... Iron uh, Frog. Nick, draw us that comic. That sounds over. cool. Uh, I'm telling you, now he goes by Tree Gremlin. 
but he was the iron frog for like 11 years and we always wanted to do an iron man suit with a frog head for him because we're i mean i i, I could deal with that that would be pretty pretty bad at i mean i keep volunteering nick I and draw things i've also just seen where i've seen where the good can happen too from it but just kids don't always have the the tool set well, I mean, we got good and bad from it. So the good of being involved with the politician was that one particular child who had had a lot of issues and did not feel accepted in society found that she really did have a place and a really good voice and she could use it for excellent things and also figured out how to stand up against some pretty mean adult bullies. But that mm -hmm. said, we still had to figure out how to protect her from some pretty mean adult bullies. And so no, I was not And also just some crazy, like over identification in a and even in a positive way. Yeah. That that's let's let's use that to segue. That is one of the dangers when you when you follow different authors or or influencers or whatever the term you're using these days is, is sometimes it can artificially create the sense that you really know them mm -hmm. instead of knowing the persona they're putting out there cuz like anybody that oh, knows okay. me in person knows that I'm pretty passionate about certain political topics. I never discussed that in my JR official because you know if people wanted to be preached at they'd go to church so right. I just I just go with the funny memes and if it's not meme like humor related or military veteran issue I just don't talk about it and so people that know that person might not realize the other parts and so I, I use that as an example to say sometimes it's easy to think you know someone when you don't because of platforms and it, it's important as as a listener to remember that there are parts that they're not showing you off camera. And that's okay and that's healthy. Yeah, so talking about knowing yourself the way other people don't know you. Quick question. Have you ever talked about what led you to join the military? And if not, you wanna tell us now? So it's pretty simple. Uh, I don't think there's been a Handley not in the army since before the revolution. Although I have been told that my revolutionary war ancestors fought for the wrong side, so oops. <laughs> Um, but they stayed afterwards. They moved to Canada, you know, no, after you, the war you, and then immigrated the right back. Side, so it's all good. Yeah, I fought for the right side, though. Although I was in college, I did the Civil War reenacting. And I met a girl who was associated with the with the Confederate Daughters of the Confederacy. And she actually got mad when I enlisted because we were dating at the time because she thought that meant I was a traitor to the cause. And I'm like, you do realize we're just playing pretend. And the oh war ended God. like a hundred and something years ago, right? Like this is this is just dress up. Wow. That relationship yeah, didn't last when I shipped to I, boot camp. I mean they got their wish. We switched to ACUs for a while. That's that's a gray color. But see, Virginia does have a weird culture when it comes to reenactments. Like I'm guessing maybe she was from around the Williamsburg area. She was from um, just south in North Carolina. She was just south of the border. Oh, okay. So she wasn't a Virginian. Because uh, no. I've noticed that. We we do a lot of costuming stuff for reenactors. And we have seen, like, some of the people that play on one side or the other get very into it. And it extends into their daily lives, too. And it's like, yeah, okay, you do realize that was like 100 and almost 200 years ago now, right? We, we can let it go. <laughs> It's all good. Let it go. We got to move on to other things. So, yeah, Nick, like what I, made you enlist? Um, I come from a military family, but it was mostly Navy. So, like, my, my dad was... He was so, a you CEO. were a rebel against the family? No, I don't like deep water and I don't like boats. 
<laughs> then when I get into the army, they uh, they put me in deep water and made me ride on boats. Because <laughs> they knew you. So what did you do? Uh, I adapted and I overcame. So I, she I, asked what your MOS I, was. Oh, 11. I started out as 11 Bravo, and then in 2008, I became an 11 Alpha. And for those people who don't understand what that means in civilian terms. I prestiged and fucked up. I became an officer. So I was uh, 11 Bravo as well. So I was infantry, and then he went to be an Army Ranger. So I was the grunt. He was the super grunt. Gotcha. Well, 11, I guess technically 11 Victor is... So that's, that's Let's just talk about the fact that certain uh, that most branches don't really know what other branches do or what. Oh, absolutely do. not. Yeah, because you guys not. call it MOS and we don't call it MOS. We call it rate. Okay. Rate. Yeah. Yeah. So in the Navy, it's what you rate. So, so we're your MMA. Dad was in SO2. Yeah. SO2. So that's what they classify the SEALs as. They're special operators. Grandfather during career, he was a frogman and a parachute rigger. And then he. That he slowed it down by retire, you know, getting to the Coast Guard and retiring that as a parachute rigger. So I guess he liked parachute rigging. Um, I went to the Navy first, and by the advice from my father and my grandfather, like, don't do anything and don't accept anything unless they give you everything you want. And it's all in writing. I'm like, all right, True cool. story. So I'm like, I'm thinking about, you know, following my father's footsteps. Like, I was in San Diego, went over the recruiter. Right, you know, towards the end of my uh, my senior year, and I'm they're like, "What do you want to do?" I'm like, "I want to jump out of planes. I want to blow shit up. I want to be a seal." And they're like, "Oh, okay, cool. So, like, you know, you have to volunteer for that." I'm like, "Yeah, you got a, something you can put in writing. I'm volunteering for it right now." So after boot and my A school, I'll go. He's like, "Yeah, we don't do it that way." So like somewhere in between boot camp and your A school, you gotta. <laughs> yeah, Rangers are definitely gonna range. I, I have, see, you guys are really messing with me because like <laughs> I, I got eye issues. I'm like, what does that say? Oh my god. And That's so like you're like a goofy look. No, she's really peering into my soul right now. I can't see anything. Oh wait, there you go. This started when Doc got the power behind the admin stuff, and then she lost it for a while because she signed out and she forgot her login. And then when she signed back in today for the first time, she's going a little power hungry with all the, the banners that she could do. What? And she's giggling she's the whole time. Up there that says, Mara, I can't read this. Any. <laughs> she's going to figure out how to put it in no, Braille, okay. which is going to be hilarious. Uh, so, so, okay. What about you, Saska? What, what influenced you to, uh, I've heard this story, but what made you join the army? She's like dudes. Um, that that no. is not cool, Nick. Girls join up and only vets can do that to each other. <laughs> because Jr. could have easily said, "Hey, Nick, you know, when you ask me why'd you join the army, you'd be like, because Nick likes dudes, and I do. <laughs> if I'm drunk enough, any port in a storm. That's an old Navy adage I've learned. God, y'all ragging on the Navy so much." He's you got three army when you bring in somebody else in. No, anyway, go ahead. Sus, we can't bring the Air Force in because they almost joined the military. Dude, <laughs> Air Force is not a military branch. It's desperate to happen. Okay, so here, here's my philosophy. There's only two branches of the military, the Army and the Navy. The Marine Corps is a freaking cult, and the Air Force is a corporation. Yes. 
What about the Space Force? Huh? Space Force yeah. is the area of the Air Force and, and worse. And no, no, no. Coast Guard is basically Navy light. Wait, wait, wait for it. No, no, no. The Space Force is a delusion of grandeur. And the Coast Guard got the good foster home. So we should let you know, dear listener, we are recording this the week that the Air or the Space Force put out their fruitalicious new <laughs> anthem. Um, I'm trying to be as friendly and understanding as oh, I can so be, bad. but it is so bad. bad. Oh. The Navy has the anchors play. The Army off. has the Army goes marching along. They Space Force has Kenny G. He did a great job for Star Trek. I mean, I look yes. at it this way. The best anthem for joining the military ever will always be YMCA. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I don't okay, you nobody can't, else found that funny. That's because I'm Navy. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Saska, why'd you join the Army? So, YMCA. Um, <laughs> I would say the timing of it was in part, I, I was finishing school and I wanted... I wasn't like going down a bad path, but I definitely felt like I needed a change. And the army going active duty, particularly, I, I identified as a route to doing that. And I'd always wanted to join the military, which I think is the story you're getting at. Um, so I joined the military. I'm an army brat. My mom's an army brat. I'm an oil field brat. Um, and leg lives do matter because I no, they don't. was. No, they don't. I totally read that as Legolas lives matter because I had my glasses on and had double vision. Legolas's <laughs> life. Um, so I was born and raised for the first eight years over in Saudi Arabia. And when we were on vacation, Desert Storm 1 happened. And there were, there were many nights during Desert Storm 1 where my dad was overseas working as and doing infrastructure things that needed to be done as a civilian and the process of everything going on during that. And uh, I remember being very scared because I was eight years old. That is a scary thing to go through as an eight-year-old. Your daddy's in a war zone. You're in and, and by the way, that war zone isn't a weird place on TV. It, it's your hometown. So all the places on the news were places I recognized. Um, my mom looked at me and told me that it was going to be okay because the military, the U.S. Army was there. And the U.S. Army would protect my dad. And so for me, joining the Army wasn't about the grandeur, doing, being, being a Ranger, being not, well, I joined when women weren't allowed in the Rangers, so that was a mute point. Um, but it wasn't about any of the hoopla and the stars and the stripes, it was about the really real aspect of we have four US citizens and allies overseas, sometimes in dangerous places, and somebody needs to be there to help them, not for the glory, not for anything else, but to be there to help them. And I wanted to be part of that more so than I wanted to be anything else. And I never really looked at any of the other branches because of it. So... Okay. Christ, okay. Wait, I, will say this. I did actually upset the Navy recruiter because I told and and because uh not hard to upset Navy recruiter. No, no, no. But I almost upset the Navy recruiter, and I'm and I was getting hit on, and I think got escorted out every time out of the recruitment center by by the NCOs because 
I looked at the Navy guy goes, no, you, you can be a medic in the Navy. And I went, yeah, but don't you guys treat Marines? And he goes, yeah. And I went, I can't say no to a Marine. And then from then on, I was not allowed in or out walk past the Marine recruiting center without an escort. Heads up. They're not called NCOs. They're chiefs. That said, <laughs> again, military lingo does differ by branch. Um, okay. So Saska just touched on one of the reasons why she joined the armed forces brings me to my next question for all of you. You guys do this thing at the beginning of every show, you know, what's your religion, right? What's your favorite superhero? Nick, you're a comic book artist. What's your favorite superhero? Daredevil. Why is Daredevil your favorite? Uh, I was raised Catholic. So the I've never seen anything else in the uh, in the comic book universes that was, I mean, yeah, I was represented as a white guy, but like my religion was never represented. That and I thought it was cool as hell that this guy has a physical disability, he can't see, and he's still able to kick so much ass. You know, uh, I just thought that was really cool, and I never saw a whole lot of Daredevil stuff. Me being always a rebel. You know, like everyone was into Wolverine or Spider-Man, Cap, Batman. I also like Batman. Um, but Daredevil was, he just, I, that was the first comic book I ever picked up. And I fell in love with the character. I fell in love with his world and everything that he was about. And when I read that, he's, you know, he's in a church and he's doing confession. I'm like, holy shit, that's me. But I, but I can see, but it's me, you know. And the rest is history. I've been a Daredevil fan ever since. Every time I go to the comic book store, I'm picking up old issues of Daredevil that I don't have. And uh, wait, there are issues of Daredevil you don't have. There's like six of them. I'll I find them. Say, I probably I'll find them. them. I'll find them. They're the ones that, um, there's a few from 1971 that I don't have. All right, JR, what about you? I don't actually have a favorite comic book here. I mean, I guess if I want to be cheeky, I can say Captain America because he was army, but superhero. Superhero, yeah, I don't. Captain I don't really. Superhero. I that never really had, like, comic book. There are superheroes that are not in comic books. That was just never my jam, though. Like, I never got into the superhero side of things. Um, I read a lot of um, fantasy <laughs> stuff growing up, so I was, you know, I liked a lot of the classics. So I read um, Beowulf, um, some of those kinds of, you know, the classic stories. I know I was a nerd from from OG. But uh, so superheroes were never so awesome in a comic book or in you know. I think we yes, I... that Beowulf is a superhero. Yes, he is. Okay, well then Beowulf would be if you if you're counting him as a superhero. But yeah, he's. I can. Yep. Yeah, we'll go with Beowulf then. Sure. Awesome. It's been decided by Nick. All right, Saska. What about you? Ooh, um, I was never really that into superheroes. I loved. Um... Christ, how are we friends? <laughs> I'm actually I, asking the same thing. Um, so I mean, I think probably Storm was really one of my absolute favorites. It's a good one. I did love Jean Grey. I've always had a soft spot for a telepath for some reason. Category five um, mutant up there with Magneto. Very new. So, very good. Uh, Magneto always seemed like extra angry. No, no. Category five. Jean Grey is a yeah, five. category five mutant. That's what he's saying. That's the uh, same power level as Magneto. She's a badass. No, so, and she's I'm, not there with X Men, baby. She's not there. <laughs> no. 
no, 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 I'm not. She's right. No, no. As, as geeky as you are on comic books as I am on comic books, I, I put them on the spot about superheroes because the next thing I'm going to do is put you on the spot about fantasy and sci-fi. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm well-rounded. So. All right. So, okay. That's so, a shape. That's not a fruit. <laughs> that's fair. All right. So, Nick, what about you with fantasy? What's your favorite fantasy character? Uh, well, I don't know. I always considered Dune kind of on the, the razor's edge of between fantasy and sci-fi. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, of that series. It's um, false. The spice to, must flow. The spice must flow. It's false. So I broke out the Christmas sweater. Nice. Well, I, it's still 80 degrees here, and I hate it. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm wanting cold weather, and I want to be able to wear my hoodies and my my. Now, are you in, you're in California? Yeah, I'm in San Diego. San Diego, so, yeah. Oh, today was I... a non-wind day, so on a windy day, on a coastal wind day, it's perfectly comfortable. Today, yeah. the wind did not flow, so. Yikes. Yeah, I was at Monterey for a little bit. You probably know what you would call my MOS was by that, but. Um... Yeah. <laughs> I can take a guess. Loving. I can take a guess. What about you, Saska? Oh, Fantasy-wise, I would say Paxanarian. All right. Um, the Deed of Paxanarian by Elizabeth Moon. So sci-fi-wise, it's another classic. So, All right. What about you, JR? So my... Uh, make sure I was unmuted. So my favorite um, fantasy, I always liked the Belgariad series by David Eddings. That was the, the first one I read that was actual proper chapter books. I remember getting in trouble in uh, elementary school for reading that behind the math book because I was bored with class. It was too easy. Um, for sci-fi, it was always it was about the Star Wars uh, um, legend books now, I think they're calling it, but the Star Wars books that aren't canon anymore. Wait, you JR? screw you, George Lucas. JR? Yeah. Maybe if you paid attention in math, you'd be better at science. Oops. Whatever. What? You do not math shame people. Ask JR how many people go to Dragon Con. 30, 40. It's, it's a dozen or so. <laughs> Quite a few. You know, it's under 100. Thank you. Thank you. Multiply that by 10,000, add about another 20, you're good. See, see math. Don't blame me. I went to public school. <laughs> Can be so, fair? Public school in Virginia is like saying, yes, I have a kindergarten education. All right. There you go. <laughs> Any author that you could get on the podcast that you would desperately like to have as a guest, living or de deceased, who would it be? Oh, Tolkien. Ooh. Like that I one. I would love to interview Tolkien. Those sentences would be very long. They would. And, and, and I'm here for it. And I got plenty of whiskey. And I would just be sick because Tolkien was a drinker too. Either that or Hemingway. Oh, gorgeous. No! gorgeous. I'd love to. Uh, Bronte. Can you imagine? Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, All right. What about you? I thought they were going to say fun. We could have a three way podcast with those guys. And it would be like a four hour episode. And everyone would be here for it. So I, I'm with him. I'd like to talk to, uh, to Tolkien about the song. I, I want to know. Oh yeah. Like that man went through some shit, and it shows in some of the darkness of his writings. And I'd want to 
dive into it because I don't know. That just sounds like it inspired the story that created the genre of fantasy as we know it today. So I'd like to dive in deeper with him on that. And, you know, for good measures, we'd grab all of the inklings and just grab them. That's his writing group. If you don't know people, you should look them up. They were awesome. But I'd drag all of them on board just so they could, like, mock him. I want to see if, like, World War II, like, veterans mock each other the way GWAT veterans do, Global War on Terror. Because... Like, Roman soldiers you know. were still drawing dicks on their latrines. So yes, I change. know. Soldiers do not change. I I would like to. I, the the lady that wrote Frankenstein. I'd like to interview her. That could be cool. Yeah, and to see if she realized what she was doing when she was writing that story, or if it was just a fever dream she had to get out. Because I mean, boundaries were broken with that. As that? the Lord, I as I would ask the same Lord question is, about Brown on bed. Amongst authors. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've asked, wrote it I've on asked a dare. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, uh, I wrote it on a dare. Uh, there's like three other writers, and they were all having dinner, and they were drinking absinthe, I believe, which is, if you've never had it, like not the American version, because that's tame. Like if you went to Europe and had it, where you're seeing green berries and shit, definitely take part of that. It's awesome. Oh, no. No, no. The European version has nothing on the Cajun version of absinthe. Ask me how I know. I will hit you up a private message. I have to have this. Uh, okay. <laughs> hey, Shade, you willing to make some absinthe? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's I'm, get I'm the For those so, who don't know, of course, I'm new to this podcast. I'm married to a Cajun. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. What about you? If you could interview, since you know we're going to flip the script on you a little bit, who would you want to interview, Mara? Can't do that. Oh, on me? Yeah, who would you want to interview? Uh, God, there are so many. Um, Lewis Carroll, Edgar Allan Poe, uh, Hemingway. Tag me in on the Lewis Carroll one if that happens. Um, yeah. Monte, uh, Mercedes Lackey. I would love, and I, she's still here, but I would love to interview Mercedes Lackey. Uh, I met her at RavenCon. She is something else. Yeah, I met her briefly at RavenCon. Didn't get to talk to her for more than five minutes. Um, they on the show. Uh, Michael so Stackpole. we should. I love Michael Stackpole. Like I'm a huge fan. I, I'm I'm also an extended universe fan, and I've talked to Zahn, and I've talked to uh, Anderson, and I've made my you know significant ass out of myself talking to both because I'm a huge geek. Um, I at one point in time actually made a Kui, uh Jukes cosplay from Dark Saber and shocked the living daylights out of Kevin Anderson with it. And um, nice. Yeah, you want to talk about making a complete and total ass out of yourself? Nah, I did that. Um, but uh, <laughs> that is how wars are won. Yeah. I mean, are we I mean, talking Frank puke on the three star shoes kind of an ass? I'm sorry. Is it like puke on a three star general shoes kind of make an ass of yourself? No, 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 no. It's okay. like the oh my god, I'm your biggest fan. I've been reading your books since I was seven, and oh my god, I just made him feel like he's ancient. Fair. In the elevator at RavenCon, yes. Oh my God! Not even at the table. It was horrific. Um, so no, that's, it, yeah. If RavenCon was, so we were there in 2015. It's one of the few cons I've been to. I don't like the crowds; just weren't for me. But that was the the 2015 or 2016 was the one. Yeah, it was 2016. It was the one where my youngest had his first seizure. So we got the call while we were in line to get Mercedes Lackey to sign something. And when they heard, they pulled us out of line. Her and her husband who's Absolutely. her artist. Okay. They pulled us out of line, signed our stuff, and her husband slammed a 20 in my hand and said, go be with your son. Because he was worried the, we might not have guests. Do you remember the woman that was like out in the hallway and when they brought you through, I said, do you need any assistance? Because I was I'm kind of out of it. Left. So 
Yeah, that was so we did meet. Okay, but yeah, it, it, yeah. it was a blur after that because we literally like packed our stuff and we were out the door no, within an I hour totally after that. I I have two kids with epilepsy. I totally understand. That's just the way it is. Um, no, I they. I remember somebody came and grabbed me and was like, hey, there's a kid with epilepsy that's had a medical emergency. We're getting the family right now. Can you help? And I went, where are they? And they said, we think dad's in line for lackey. And I took off to the room and was like, hey, do you need help? Um, yeah, that was that was a memorable way to end the convention. But like, yeah, no, no kidding. Um, do you remember the Star Wars family that had the young man in the... Uh, Oh God, Kit Fisto costume. Um, yeah, the, I seem yeah. to vaguely remember that. That was us. That was me. Okay. Okay. So Doc was right. We did probably meet each other in passing. Yeah. But I yeah, was the, say, it's Virginia's a small con community. Everybody knows everybody. But yeah, that's one of the things that sometimes it's kind of cool when you get to meet those kinds of people to actually interview them that had like like one of the ones that was Winders was the guy that did the Drez books, the Drez oh, for. Drizz. Yes, Dritz is amazing. Right, we've tried, it. Yeah, we've tried to get him on. And we promised Winder he could come back for that interview, but he's just so busy. Okay, if you manage to get R.A. Salvatore on, you might have to have Shade on as a like fan geek out guest in the background so you can be going, Dritz I mean, is amazing. I, I made it through the handlers enough that I have his personal email address, but I don't want to abuse it, so I only check in periodically. Hey, are you less busy? Yeah, well, he is a really busy guy. Every D&D &D I play, I play as a dark elf. I, there you, you go. know what? I love Drow. Drow are amazing. Um, we did an entire series, uh, my husband and I, of um, books that will never be published because they're all D&D &D universe and we can't get the um, approval to to use all of their terms. I'm going to read the shit out of that. Uh, so it's, before we, um, before it's pretty we, intense. Uh, before we pivot, dear listener, if you've survived this far and you haven't had a drunken coma like we haven't, which means we clearly need a drink more, Nick, uh, we need you to tell us in the comment section who your favorite superhero is, what authors, living or dead, you'd want us to interview. Like, you get to participate in this too, people. Do your part. Get to okay. typing. <laughs> so, now we come to the shameless plug section. Huh? Okay. Shameless plug. Yeah, we, we do shameless plugs, but you were going to read in a commercial about Page to Stage, so I thought you were going to get ready to launch it. Like, we don't have oh, a commercial okay. for you yet. We can do that as the first shameless plug. I'm perfectly happy to do that. Yeah, All watch right. them shit. So if you're not familiar with what Seska and I do at Dragon Con, the insanity that is the Page to Stage costume contest, yes, it did happen this year. No, there is currently no video, but that doesn't mean that won't change. That said, we hope you enjoy this excerpt from all of the stuff we were able to put together. So you can take a look at what we did this year. Come see us next year with the amazing Open Division, the amazing Invitational Division, and check us out at DragonCon 2023. Oh, and before we, before, we move, before we move on, if you're an author and you created awesome people that are on your pages of your books, uh, Doc, get me a link to that, and we'll throw it in the... Um, in the show notes, uh, when are they closing that for voting to get your name on the approved list? October 1st. So oh, it's too late by the out. Yeah, it'll be after right. this is out. But wait, Next wait, wait. year. No, 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 no. Stop, stop. We can leave the link active so that people can submit their stuff so we can plug it on our social media platform for the open division, even though the invitational division characters will already be selected. Because if, trust me, you don't want me trying to describe your characters. So the Invitational God. Division opens on October 1st and runs until September 30th of the next year. 
I'm sorry, invitational division. So the invitation you, nomination you have, division section. Yes. So if you have a character that you have written who is very distinguishable from all other characters in the world, meaning they have a costume or a look that is difficult to replicate by things that you can buy off the rack at a store, then you can submit them to the uh, dcpagetostage.com to the invitational division so that our character selection committee can take a look at your character, decide whether it meets the Nick criteria. Nick going off his flaming ass. What? It was a comic book. It wasn't literally my flaming ass. That's after Tuesday because it's Taco Tuesday. <laughs> There's a Deadpool reference in here that I want to throw out, but I'm going to skip it because authors, you get to send us a character and we pick 40 of them. Four, zero. Four, so, zero. Nice. So those 40 characters go up for 20 to zero international costumers, meaning the 20 best in the world to choose from to make a costume to bring to the page to stage. You want your work out there. This is a good way to get it there. So another shameless plug is that we are doing our the blasters or blasters blades. Um, Bayonet Books has an anthology coming out at Christmas. Uh, Santa as special operator was the theme. It's a meme that floats around every Christmas. And I always joke that I would do that anthology. And I posted that this past Christmas. And I had um, a bunch of people say, I will literally pre-order it now if you write that anthology. So we put it together. And uh, I was drinking. And I said, hey, Nick, let's write a story together. And I voluntold him. And so there is a... Uh, Here, here's a retelling of how that went. Sounds awesome. Let's do this. <laughs> right? Same color as my our, our beta reader described it as Santa Claus meets the Old Testament. Oh, God. And went to Ranger School. <laughs> and then went to Ranger School, yep. So so we have some behind the scenes that uh, we don't just talk together. Sometimes we co-write. And then Doc and I wrote for the Storming Area 51, the uh, anthology that we wrote that uh, the FBI cock blocked on. And uh, yes, I ruined everything. Uh, and that'll be coming out in audio. She uh, she hooked us up with a friend of hers. Who Who's the lady? Autumn? What's her Autumn. name? Autumn. If people uh, wanted to hire this lovely person, what is her name? Tumnal Audio, I think, is what you needed to look up. She she narrated for us. We're going through the proofs now. Only like six months late. Life happens. Uh, Doc's been patient. So that'll be coming out in the near future as well. So we sometimes write together when we're bored or drunk. No, no apologies necessary. Hey, guys, look, my wine's the same color as my hair. I oh, noticed girl. that you accessorized. I'm proud of you. That's all right. I got my favorite Christmas sweater on. Oh, wait, you can't tell who it Rogu. is. Rogu. So. I am a Star Wars fanatic from way back. One of these days, JR, we need to do Star Wars trivia podcast, and it's me versus you. I'm horrible no, at trivia. I've got a brain no, no, damage no, excuse. No, 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 no. No, Jared, sit down. No, Mara. It's you and I. It's you and I. Oh, you think you're a Star Wars trivia buff, do you? Yeah. TV1978 reporting. Okay, but where so, did that come from? Well, it's from the origination of TK. No, no, I, I understand that. But where did the original TK number come from? Uh, THX1138. Taco Nights. I don't know. Spielberg's, or not Spielberg, but Lucas's 
Well, yeah, it's the first film. I have a copy of it. Robert Duvall's the man in that. Yep. All right, so, so you and I might on. be able to actually have a game. That would be cool. Most people refuse to go up against me in Star Wars trivia. You remember the Star Wars Trivial Pursuit that came out back in like the late Oh night? my god, my friends hated me when I pulled that out. Yes, exactly. Every time I pull it out, the entire family goes, no, it's not relevant anymore. And I go, I don't care, we're playing. They're like, how do you know this shit? I'm like, okay, so one of you to give me the copy so I can like ask the questions because I'm not going to try and keep up with you. Oh, I am not sending you my copy. That's that's like oh, you can not, get no. no, that's that's gifting. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm not gonna give it to you. I love I'll have you, to see if no. I can find it. I'll find it. No. <laughs> you all right, that's getting awkward. Party. Let's move on to the next question. Okay, so operational when your friends arrive. You know, I, the next question is one of those that I'm absolutely dying to know, but I'm a little concerned y'all are going to find a little too invasive. Not so me. Tell me I if like I the book. Are you ready? Nick ready. likes invasive. He gets off on it. Nick I likes do. Invasive. His 40th birthday was his proudest right. moment. All right. No, it wasn't. So, well, yeah. the person that you have personally met that you enjoyed meeting the most and why? The author, celebrity. You mean affiliated with the podcast or just in general? In general. Uh, Doc, you go first while we think. Um, I would say the first one that came to mind was I met George Takai. And I loved it because he told my friend to be nicer to me because he was picking on me. And that I was also out of his league. Wow. That? That is epic because being de designated by George Tagai as somebody as out of somebody's league, that truly means you are. So I got one. I met uh, Ed McMahon when I was in high school. That's awesome. He did not come to my house to bring me any money, but uh, I was going to a JROTC event. Uh, on the way back, we stopped by Notre Dame and he happened to be passing through. So he was in the student bookstore. Uh, and everyone's like, oh, my God, it's Ed McMahon. And I'm like, who the hell is Ed McMahon? Because uh, I don't really follow, like, pop culture. like. And so he tapped me on the shoulder, and he goes, I'm Ed McMahon, young man. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I went back to looking at the books. And he goes, would it help you to know that, you know, I was a pilot in the Navy once upon a time? And I'm like, oh, suddenly I was interested. And so he's like, wow, I don't think I've ever had anyone who didn't care who I was. Let's go. I'll buy you. And so he bought me my first latte. That's awesome. And so we sat at the uh, the student coffee shop at Notre Dame, uh, and he told me about being a Navy pilot. And then when we were leaving, because I was the commanding officer of my ROTC, don't mock me, Mick, um, but he sent his people no, with no, a no, bunch I, of- I don't mock JRTC cadets. Uh, so he sent, his, <laughs> he sent his people with a bunch of like free shirts and stuff for the, for the rest of the, the cadets. I feel like Nick's treating this like low-hanging fruit, so let's get invasive like a prostate exam. Nick, what about you? I got drunk with Peter Mayhew. Who? That's awesome. All right, what's got, your Peter Mayhew story? Okay, so it was Celebration 2. Now, Celebration 2 has a bunch of me getting drunk with a bunch of actors from, you know, the Holy Trilogy. Um, but Peter Mayhew stuck out the most because that dude can pound, or he could pound. I, I miss it. But every time 
like just sporadically throughout the night. And I was drinking with him and his wife and his handler. And I had a couple of other 501st dudes with me. And I am just, I'm trying to keep up with Peter Mayhew. He's like seven feet freaking tall. I can't keep up with him. We like trying to keep up with Andre the Giant. I'm surprised I didn't die. I might have died for like two seconds, but I got back. And he would pop up. <laughs> pop up out of his chair. He's like, I'm a rock star. And I'm like, no, you're Chewbacca. But yeah, you're a rock star too. And he's wearing his vest. He's wearing a vest with Chewbacca playing the drums because apparently Peter made him play the drums. And uh, he would pop every so often during our drunken stupors. Like, I had to be carried back to my hotel trying to keep up with Peter Mayhew. Um, my second favorite interaction was with uh, Julian Glover, Lizard Six from The Empire Strikes Back. And uh, the Shield Gen will be down in moments. So you may begin your landing. Um, and that was a little bit more refined. That was like the first night I was there because him and the guy that got choked out by Vader. And who was the other one? There was a third admiral or general there. Oh, um, Piet. Piet was there. Admiral Piet. Yeah. And they're all drinking red wine. I'm not a wine drinker. Somehow I stumbled my drunk little biker scout ass over there. I'm still in costume. Except for my helmet. And he's like, oh, you're not from our movie. Why don't you have a seat, young man? And I'm like, okay. I'm like, damn girling here. And we're drinking red wine. And then they excuse themselves. And, you know, they're sharing stories about, like, uh, what it was like filming and and things like that. That was really cool. But Peter Mayhew definitely sticks out because that was the night I tried to outdream Peter Mayhew and I freaking lost. And I lost um, hard. The book or series that got you into reading, the, the thing that you credit with giving you a love of reading. Ooh. That's good. The Rowan by Anne McCaffrey. Tower in the Hive Saga. What? What was it about it? Um... So the Rowan is a character who, while very young, is uh, her family undergoes a natural disaster and she's the only one left from her settlement. So there's nobody there around her that knows. Um, and I kind of really identified that because of being in the States, my hometown, gone, essentially. Might as well have been gone for me at eight years old. Um and just her story after that was also really good. Uh, that was kind of the, the beginning that got me started with it. But um, there was a lot of wisdom and goodness in that character. And it's definitely one of those series where there's no real super villain. It's almost like a biography, the first book of it. It starts with her as a young, young, uh, like maybe six years old. And uh, goes till she's an adult. And then there's an alien thing and, and stuff, but there's more to her life. They kind of show her growing and becoming a fully fledged rounded human being, not just, there's a phase where she's a workaholic because that's all she knows. She was a ward of the state and she was taught to, she was a telekinetic and telepath and taught to use her abilities for the betterment of humankind, which is great, but she's definitely like a workaholic from a young age and trying to find that work-life balance eventually is part of what happens in the later part of the book. But I loved it. It was what got me into reading. How old were you when you read that? I was in sixth grade. Nice. 
My mother gave it to me, gave me the book and told me that I could watch TV. Uh, she thought I was taking sick, told me I could watch TV when I was done with the first chapter. Newsflash is 350 plus page book and there's only three chapters. <laughs> gotcha. Got have her own writing style. Uh, what about you, Jim? One fight's dirty. <laughs> I mean, hats off to your mom. So I, I really, the first book that was a proper novel that I remember reading, I mean, obviously, you know, I grew up with the Hardy Boys and, and the Boxcar Kids and all the kids stuff. But the first like proper grown-up novel that I read was something by Stephen King. I think it was The It when I was in third grade i did it just to piss the teacher off because i wasn't supposed to be reading that apparently which is why i chose to read it um and so at that point in time uh my mom was like if you want to read grown-up stories all you had to do was ask and she handed me the belgaria series and that was actually kind of cool because as a kid you know growing up i think by the first book he was about my age uh learning that he could do magic um and so that kind of hooked me from there and i realized that um Sometimes dealing with life. So I was a Navy brat. Um, dad was gone a lot. Uh, he took extra sea duty, volunteered for it. So that way we could not move around as much as the traditional sort of military experience. You appreciate that as an adult. It's kind of hard to process as a kid that, you know, he's volunteering to go away and leave you. Uh, so for me, reading was an escape. Um, and, you know, sports season only lasted so long. You had to figure out something to do when you weren't knocking heads on a, you know, sports field. And so for me, that was you know, hiding in my room and reading, which I would never have told anyone because that wasn't cool, but I did I did like to read the nerd stuff. Now, you, you make it sound like you're old enough to have been post or pre-internet generation. I was uh, pre-internet. I remember when we sacrificed robots to get online. <laughs> yeah, funny story about that. No, um, that's for another edition where you guys bring me back. What about you, I Nick? I am old enough oh, to remember yeah. when you could scam um, um, the, the CD companies for free CDs and then cancel. Oh, my God. I wasn't the only one who did that. Hey, well, yeah. I found when I was cleaning my room the other day my Blockbuster uh, membership card. Probably should play <laughs> in a museum. Yeah. How long has it been since you cleaned your room? That actually terrified Well, it was just at the bottom of the desk where you never go. <laughs> you just pile stuff on top of it. The junk drawer? Yes, the junk drawer. I actually cleaned my junk drawer. Who knew what was in there? Wait. Wait, people actually clean out their junk drawers? Well, that's where you find treasures. We organize the chaos in the junk drawer because, like, what? no, I still need this. This is news to me. This is not a thing that I do. Oh, wait, no, I did just clean out my junk drawer. But I just moved, so I didn't have a choice. I had to move back to the farm, so I had to clean it out. There you uh, go. What about you, Nick? Oh, um, it's got to be when the school forced me to read Ethan Frome. I mean, Jesus, that was such a... No, it's not. Um, I have two things that um, kind of solidified my love of reading. One comic book, one novel. Um, oh, steak. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I really Never read the comments. My husband's throwing them at me. Well, that's good. So the first thing that I read that really kind of like stuck with me, Daredevil. Frank Miller's run on Daredevil, the, the Man Without Fear run. Yeah. Um, loved it. Dark, gritty, showed me a different shade of the superhero genre before I got into Watchmen. Um, Watchmen's epic. Oh, God. Alan Moore, God King. Um, him, well, that and uh, V for Vendetta. I discovered V for Vendetta after I just, like, oh, you like Alan Moore? You're going to love this. 
And I just went down the rabbit hole of like just dystopian, dark, deconstructed heroes, um, which is a lot what goes on in my comic book universe. It's like they're not all noble. They're not, you know, they're not always heroic. Sometimes they'll stab you in the back. So, so um, are you saying you specialize in anti-heroes? I do. I do. And co- well, in cosmic heroes, I'm kind of dabbling. Um, I, I like um, fallible characters. I think they're more interesting. And it does... Humanity. Right. And it forces me to create a more interesting villain because, as I've always thought, the villain is supposed to be the most important part of your story, the hero's journey. So you have a very um, intricate villain that people can almost relate to. That makes your hero more interesting because he has to rise up. You know, and he has to face certain moral battles that, you know, if he was just fighting your villain of the week, he ain't going to get that. All right. So... That was with the comic book world. And then I was in Egypt in 2000, and one of the books in the library was Frank Herbert's Dune. I'd seen the movies, I, you know, but here I am in a vast desert on an outpost reading Dune and the Sandworms and the Fedayeen and the Fremen, all of that stuff. Just it really hit me hard there just based on the – see, this is asleep. This is the third time. I really got into the story because of the environment I was in. I could relate. You know, it's like, here I am in a desert. I'm just waiting for, you know, a sandworm to show up, showing worm sign, lightning, things like that, you know. And um, then- they do have shamals like in Dune. Yeah. Huh? I can imagine being in the desert, looking out on the horizon, just expecting to see Shalhazud. Yeah. Dude, that would have been epic. Uh, I guarantee you, not a one of you have ever heard of the book series that got me into reading. Uh, you can try us. I, I got a one in third chance. <laughs> book. I'll be amazed if you've heard of the author. Um, so his name is Tad Williams. Oh, the Green Tower. No, Tail Chasers song. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah. No, you're so, right. I'm out. <laughs> I was I was overly obsessed with cats. Um, I mean, it's a thing, you know. No, I was totally overly obsessed with cats when I was a kid. And uh, so my mom was like, you know, we need to get her out of, like, just hanging out with the neighborhood cats and being the local crazy cat lady at seven years old. And so um, here's a book with a big orange caddy on the front of it. She'll read this. Oh, my God, it's epic. And then from there, I jumped into Other Worlds, which uh, is an amazing series. Um and then uh, my mom realized because she ta- in Roanoke, there's this, there used to be this little store called the Paperback Exchange. Oh, and I've been so, there. Yes. You'd take your books and t- trade them in and they would give you credit based on the cover price of the book. So like if the book was $2, they'd give you 25 cents. And so I would take in all the books that I had read and get up all my credit. And if I didn't have enough to get a book, I'd go into their little comic book corner and I would buy up all the comic books because their used comic books were like five cents a piece. Oh and yeah, it's a deal. Yeah, so that's how I got into like X-Men and, and She-Hulk and Hulk and- uh, Doctor Captain Strange, and- that's how I got into Doctor Strange was the, the penny bin. Yep, exactly. I got his first issue, it wasn't his first appearance, but I got his first issue in the 70s in the penny bin. Yeah. Nick. And so, Mira, oh, yeah. are you old enough to remember when Pizza Hut did the reader's challenge where they'd give you a free personal pan pizza? Yes. I got the book. I remember dining in Pizza Hut. 
Yes, with the salad bar. They get, yeah. I read so many books one summer. I won a summer reading challenge with Roanoke City Public Schools, and they gave me 25 pizza coupons. My family is vegetarian. I was raised vegetarian. I got to use one of those coupons. I still have the other 24. I still have them in like this book. It's hysterical. But I got um, a pizza for being a, a yeah, it was called book it. reader. It was yeah. the book program. And yeah. so, but, but yeah, those, so trading in all of my paperbacks and stuff uh, and, and then taking comics back because you could trade comics back, but you could trade them back for a penny. And so I, I walked into paperback exchange one day and traded in like 200 comics that I wish to God I'd kept because if I know what they were going to be worth, um, but I traded in like 200 comics and got $2. And that was the first uh, Star Wars book that I ever bought. And that was, um, I'm going to forget the name of it, but it was uh, it was the one where Han and Leia, Leia ends up on Dathomir and you meet um, all of the witches of Dathomir and you find out about the the origin of the Rancors and everything else. And I was like, that's it, I'm sold. And all right. done. That was all Nick, what yeah. was the first Star Wars book you read? For me, it was Rogue Squadron in 96, Michael Stackpool. Uh, Splinter the Mind's Eye. Oh, that's it a good was one. The too. First novelization after the original Star Wars movie. It takes place in between A New Hope and Empire. Which one was it? Uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye. I or have Splinter not read in the Mind's Eye. There, there's another one that they had that came out between um, those two. That's the one that I'm talking about, where she ends up on Dathomir, and I cannot remember the name of it for Love, No Money, or God. It's, but the it's next not Shadow. It's not Shadow. Shadow of the Empire. No, Shadows um, of the Empire came much later. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think I was in the like, 90s. Yeah, and then of course, I, I after that, I got into the Han Solo trilogy, you know, the Corellia tri trilogy. Yeah, and I love that. Um, then I got introduced to Timothy Zahn through, of course, the the Ben Emerald Um, and then of course, I kept bouncing back and forth, and then they introduced Mara Jade, and Everybody's like, oh, you chose Mara because you like Aquaman. You you chose Mara because you like Mara Jade. No, I chose Mara because I got tired of people mispronouncing my first name. That happened long before. But man, I'm sorry, she's awesome. Mara Jade Skywalker. She always will be. Right. Is is it not amazing to have a character whose name you share that you love? It's like, oh, yeah, mine. I mean, it's one letter off, but so what? I'll claim it anyway. Why is your evil? Because evil is good. What'd you say? Oh, she's just sad because she's never read any of the Star Wars universe. No, awesome. I have too read some of the Star Wars universe. You have? Which, Which ones? ones? Dark Empire. There's probably Dark Empire. So, so the the underlying theme of the second part of this interview has been the Pepperidge Farm remembers memes. We were there. We were there in the beginning. So, you know, Star Wars Universe has amazing epic authors, but look at look at what Timothy Zahn, Kevin J. Anderson, and Michael Stackpole have built for themselves out of Empires just based off of what they started and extended. Universe. Well, and Zahn, Zahn also did a lot of the uh, the adaptations for the prequel movies, which... He did, yeah, and now he's... If you've read any of the prequel books, they're so much more interesting. Like, if, if they would have went with Zahn's vision of the prequels, they'd be on par with the, with the uh, original trilogy. But they didn't have any good source material to pull from. Just ask the execs. It's because they hate the source material. 
they don't now. like extended universe because it was better than what they got. I mean, I'm sorry. Blasphemy. Am I the only one that sat there watching episode seven and episode eight going, dear God, they are ripping off Jason and Jana. And if these two end up being sister and brother, just not twins, I'm going to scream. Yes. Like, I just wanted to strangle somebody. And then they reveal her as what she is. And I'm not going to give spoilers or anything because, you know, some people have been years. You can spoil those movies. I hope you do. Really? Okay. So the Unless fact that he's freaking Palpatine's daughter. Do you know how much I wanted to strangle something? I'm like, excuse me. Can we just talk about the fact that they just drugged this asshole? Sorry, they just drugged. No, this you can say that. You said shit earlier. I mean, I'm telling you, they they drug him out of the depths of no, no. This character's been gone for like too many episodes. No buildup, even remotely indicating that he might be coming back. Nothing in anything that actually gave you an idea that Snook might be, you know. No, no, no. They just pop it out from nowhere. I'm like, no, that's too convenient. That's lazy writing. Thrawn would have been a better villain for that trilogy. It would have so, been. I'm telling you, they didn't even bother to introduce Thrawn. The fact that he's only shown up in Rebels, I think it is, bothers the crap out no, of No, he's been mentioned in The Mandalorian as well. Oh, that's true. He has been mentioned in so The we're, we're getting Thrawn, finally. Am I the only one that was a little irritated by Book of Boba Fett, though? Yeah, but that's a cosplay I could pull off now with my fatness. I see. I liked the beginning, of the <laughs> but the way that it ended, I'm just like. All right, but can we can we talk about speaking of cosplay and fatness? That making fun of someone cosplaying a character they didn't fit the stereotypical physique Dude, of. I have for that is not okay. No, 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 no. Hold on. Stop, this is. Stop. You, no, both stop. of you, stop. Listen, this is important. That let Mikey Mason write the best song of all times. Too fat to troop. I'm going to, no, I'm going to tell you right now. And I love Mikey My Mason. Mikey and I are, are friends. I've known him for what? I don't know. Decade, probably. Look, I I'm going to tell you right now. Body shaming in anything is not okay. Body shaming in cosplay is, pardon my language, you can bleep this out later, absolute fucking bullshit. And I believe okay. this so wholeheartedly that when Seska went, hey, we're going to put this thing called Victoria's Secret. Look at this really cool flash mob viral video. I want to <laughs> put this up somewhere so that cosplayers know it's okay to be who they are. And I went, let's take that shit to the Dragon Con Masquerade. And we did. If you haven't seen it, it's out there. In fact, I, I will send it to you so you can watch it. In fact, I, I, did can't, I can't wear my biker scout anymore, which we've named George and put him on a mannequin. You know what? I, we can. It was tailor fitted. Everything was tailor fitted between me and my mom. It was a great bonding experience. Uh, she taught me how to sew. She goes, Nick, I'm tired of sewing up all your crazy ass ideas. And I'm like, well, teach me. <laughs> I think I would have liked you. Know, I, became, I became the Jedi seamstress during college. Got a cease and desist from Lucasfilm. Fucking. I will be well. more than happy to help you modify your biker scout to fit you. No, we're 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 doing Rogue One, baby. Oh, I love it. All right, I'll help We're you doing the Shore Trooper. Okay, so, so you're coming to Dragon Con next year? I'm going to submit some things where you can't get rid of me, and I'll be there. Okay, awesome. So you and I will do a Star Wars cosplay next year together on one of the days. Dig it. Awesome. Because, no, it does Miss not Abby matter. can be uh, you Princess are. Leia. Yeah. Uh, she, uh, she was Ventress. I was solo this year. Me, me and Stabby were... Uh, she was Ventress our first year that when she moved in after we got Love married. Ventress. Ventress is um, so awesome. But she didn't want to shave her head, so she took her own 
she shaved the side of her head being a cancer survivor. And it was yeah. five years since she survived cervical cancer. So she shaved the side of her head because that's where most of her hair was lost. And we decided, she's like, hey, I'll be Ventress. I'm like, all right, cool. I got Jedi robes and a saber. I'll be retired Obi-Wan. I had the beard, you know, and I can do the, I can do the voice and I have the lightsaber. So I'm like, let's do it. And then the Obi-Wan's lightsaber died. And then I was carrying Kylo Ren's lightsaber the rest of the night. So but, for the, you make it the, work for what you got. Look, I'm, I'm just going to put it this way. No matter what you look like, no matter what body size you are. Cosplay no for everybody. Cosplay is for everyone. Cosplay your way. And if you don't know what that movement is, go look up the hashtags. Cosplay your way. I'm I'm a big I'm proponent of it. Right or, now, the, the right guys that started that, Walter I support Dean, it. Yeah. Walter Dean and um, Bar Fox started that yep. movement. There's a documentary out that they did. It is wonderful. Everyone, no matter what you look like, what your body type is, what character it is you love, you should be that character because you love it and not because anybody tells you. you One of my favorite cosplayers is Ivy Doom Kitty. I didn't hear that. Ivy Doom Kitty is one of my favorite cosplayers. Yeah. You know, and and I was friends with her in the beginning when she wasn't well known, when she was going with the body positivity movement in cosplay uh that and i just found her absolutely fucking stunning so ivy if you're hearing this which you probably aren't add me back as a friend come on now come on girl but no she's awesome and oh, she's I very see. we're now helping nick find friends on facebook no i got plenty of friends find me on instagram i need more friends there <laughs> i got five thousand friends on facebook i need i, I need to get two thousand up in instagram he said that Actually, one episode- on twitter i would like to break a thousand on twitter Okay, Mara. I'm just going to tell you right now, I have like 850 on Facebook and I'm going, who can I delete? <laughs> I so, so Nick that. made that. I sell everybody shit. <laughs> so, Every so time Nick I made... get up to like 800, I start deleting people because I just don't know how to keep track of that many people. You don't. You, don't. you just keep going. You don't. So, so Nick like... said that once in an episode that he needed more people on Instagram. So now every time I'm on Instagram, I, uh, I spam him with memes from other people and just like, so he's... Yeah, you want me to add people. You want me to add to other people's stuff. I, no, <laughs> add me, dude. Now we need to plug Seska's Instagram and Seska's TikTok because she's got them. Oh, you yeah. want to find me on TikTok? Find me on TikTok at I mean, Mando we, we, underscore agent. Plugs his OnlyFans. We should plug her TikTok. I never gave my OnlyFans name up. That's secreted. Nick Garber. <clears throat> So, so for those who aren't super fans of cosplaying and aren't super fans of Star Trek or Star Wars, uh, what if you could see a different franchise get the movie treatment and done right, like honoring the source material, what would you guys want to see on the big screen? Uh, I'll never I think I know what life. Doc's going to say. That fantasy story. Uh, I'm not, no, it's, I, I want more Firefly. Man. No, we can leave my pern alone. I, I actually, I love Firefly, uh, that comment, Nick. I would love to see more Firefly, but at this point, I think it's too hard to go back and do it with the original cast. It is. Uh, and so I would rather see expansions in the universe with an entirely new cast than I would rather, than I want them to go back. I want to see the brown coat war. I want to see that see, war. I want to see the brown coat war. And you, um, you got to see that in the originally planned um, pilot, which was Serenity. Yeah, I mean, I would really like to see them do something, you know, Marvel owns everything right now, right? So when it comes to Marvel Cinematic Universe, 
they've finally gotten back most of their properties and they can do stuff now. I keep hearing we're going to see Deadpool in an MCU movie, and I keep hoping that's going to be the case. But honestly, what I really want to see is them to go back and redo the Dark Phoenix saga well, because their original Dark Phoenix saga sucked. And as a huge fan of Jean Grey, she deserves that story to be done well. That was um, a nine-movie arc. Yeah, and then I'd really that like a nine to movie arc. That, that gorgeous Wakanda arc that brings Storm into Wakanda. I'd like to see that. I'd love. Oh, with her marriage to uh, T'Challa. Yeah, the marriage to T'Challa. But they used to use killing off T'Challa. Yeah, I know, and so they're stepping on their own foot. So that's like an alternate timeline thing, and they'd have to recast T'Challa at that point. But I think they could do it if they did it well, Um, especially since they've established the alternate timelines and the the other universes. Um, you know, you've got yeah, all the science of Doctor Strange, make it a Doctor, you know, make Doctor Strange an extra person in it. Um, I'm thinking, you know, all of those, I'd love to see X-Factor done well. I like what they did with New Mutants, but there's a lot more story there to tell. Um, you guys are going to sit here and go, good God, is all she's into comic books? The answer is no. Um, Don't say shit about me, you're good. You know, it's, it's a thing, but, um. I won't kink shame. Yeah, you know, there's, we there's never a whole- kink shame here. Uh, I'm still trying to edit Boinking Beasties. It's up here on the screen right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I got to cut all of the PowerPoint presentation in the Tamsin did. So I got panelists down here in this bottom third. And then I got this big top section where they got a a PowerPoint presentation over their heads. Makes it look like they all got ideas. It's hysterical. Um, But uh, but no, I I like Dragon Wars. you guys are familiar with uh, a movie that was Matthew McConaughey and um, Rain of Fire. Fire. Yeah, Rain of Fire. I was I was trying to remember the other guy's name and my name his name just Christian dropped. Bale. Out. Thank oh, you. He used to be Batman, Christian Bale. No, I don't remember him as Batman. I remember him as the kid that made me drool in Newsies. I that also am old enough to remember him in Newsies. Everyone knows how old I am. <laughs> You're under but, fifty. Um, I already knew to, how old you were. Yeah. I'd love to see Dragon I'm 44, Wars. Well. And so I, like, I remember movies. I actually, I do love the Dritz books. I would love to see Dritz get a, a movie treatment. And I think Henry Cavill would have been the perfect Dritz. Yeah. Okay. So right. I totally just right a lot of time with that. So, dude. No, that's good. It's the 200th episode. So we should probably go to two hours. I thought you were going to so, say 200 minutes. I'm like, dude. Uh, no wait, I'm I'm good, I'm good. I I got a box. I'm good. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by our fine friends at Alcohol Anonymous. Um, no, no, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't admit I have a problem. What you should do, and we're just going to talk about like classic. Comic you know, stories. that could actually be like a separate episode of what we think certain franchises should do if they did it our way. Yes. We could be the Burger King episode. Look, I got my Loki Gator right here. He's my bestie. I did a Scarlet Witch in the Loki series. Yeah, I did. I did Scarlet Witch as a Disney princess last year, and he was my buddy. Technically, she's a Disney princess. So is uh, Ellen Ripley. Thank you. Go look up those pictures. Disney Princess Wanda, Dragon Con Masquerade. 
I would just like them to do a Star Wars movie. And I know I said we were going to try to get away from Star Wars, but sometimes you got to go back to your roots. But I'd like to see them where the stormtroopers were actually like, you've got the first movie where they've got the tight shot grouping. And he says, only a stormtrooper would be that accurate. And then they spent the rest of every movie ever created showing what like a klutz farm these yahoos were. So I'd like to see them as the the badasses they were supposed to be. They you were, know, he was talking about Dune, and I'm a huge fan of Dune. Um, for those who don't know, I have managed to alienate all of the authors that I love by telling them how much I love their books. Um, but I would actually love to see Winds of Dune or Winds of Dune, uh, and, but that because it's it's really good. And think about everything they do with Stilgar in that one. I mean, like yeah. that's a good one. I I know they're redoing those movies. I don't know how much they plan on moving into what Brian Herbert and KJA have done. Yeah. But I'd well, like to see more of those stories. I think they're going to probably try and knock out some of Frank's other works, you know, Children of Dune, um, yeah. Dune Messiah. Yeah. Um, all, all great stories. Um, but I think, like, Frank really blew his wad in Dune. He re- that's when he really got in depth in establishing yeah. the Orange Catholic Bible. All the houses, you know, of the, uh, I've been drinking. Six so. Gun Tarot, Rod Belcher, yeah. R.S. Belcher, Six Gun Tarot. That, that would be an epic movie. I would love to just see it. I would watch a two-hour movie just based on the Fremen. Oh, yeah. No, the Fremen are amazing. Um, but, no, talking about other series, I would love to see um, the Six Gun Tarot done i would love to see um, and that's rs belcher i would love to see a movie based on uh i'm gonna forget what the name of the book is now um something windless it's uh help me out saska what's his name he's always a dragon con he was on a panel he wore that um strappy shirt on a panel um, he was going to be one of our judges and then his schedule didn't work. Butcher. Butcher. Jim Butcher. The Windlass is Aeronaut. I would love mm. to see that one turned into a book. It's got a phenomenal steampunk character named uh, Miss Folly in it that I'd love to see on the big screen. Um, I would want to see um, the Messenger Saga. Ooh. Uh, Terry Mixon and uh, Terry Maggart and um, Jan Chaney. Testament. I was actually going to say the last Hunter series because I'm really digging that right now by oh. Mag uh, Chaney and the other Terry. Um, we put J- Chaney on the spot when we you interviewed like the him. Other Terry, better. Wrong. You're wrong. But, but we interviewed Terry him. And we asked. Are awesome. No, but we interviewed Chaney and we asked him who his favorite Terry was because he writes with like three of them. Oh God. And he, he wouldn't answer. He said the ter- uh, the what was it? The Terry that was the uh, Spider Man in one of the universes. Terry, Toby. not Terry, Toby. Toby McGuire. No, no. He oh. said the the character's name from one of the star uh, one of the Spider Man in an alternate universe uh, spinoffs was uh, Terry. It was a Terry. I'm gonna Google it because we checked him at the time and he was right. Actually, I remember giving him and going, telling him that he should just say what my mother used to say—the one that he had hadn't seen the most recently. Are you talking about a movie that? that <laughs> There's a reason oh. I have issues. Mommy, yeah, which one's your favorite child? No, the one there, I haven't seen the most recent. There's 
Tobey Maguire, because Andrew Garfield, my favorite. Um, Tom Holland, second favorite. Tom Holland's my favorite. I'm telling Tom you Holland's what, adorable. if you have not done this yet, go Google Tom Holland lip sync battle umbrella. Oh my God, you will I never did. have another favorite. That's awesome. And the costume <laughs> is brilliant. Life will never gorgeous. be the same. Is that the one where he's in like the female tux bodysuit thing? Yes. Yeah. One of my favorite. Man, he made Well, if that. you want to know what Chaney said, because I can't remember and Google is failing me, just go listen to the episode, people. <laughs> go back and listen to all the episodes. So, yeah. Peter, Peter, and Miles. Those are your on No, he said he's, it's Miles Morales, it was, Peter Parker, and Peter Parker. It's it, There's only two Peter Parkers. No, I, I thought he said it was a different. Yeah, uh, it was a Spider-Man from one of the alternate universes. No, I thought and it was. It was an alternate universe, and it was um, that was brought over. And the guy, the character's name, not the actor, was named Terry. Earth six sixty six is also named Peter. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not a huge Spider-Man fan, Peter so B. obviously Parker. Peter B. Parker. But um, yeah, I think there's lots of books that could make good movies. The problem, I think, right now is I just don't trust Hollywood or Amazon or Netflix to get it right. They have so much where they're worried about the modern I'm the modern so thing. I'm tired of them trying to reboot everything though. Are you guys not tired of this? Like Yes, but so yes. I'm not going to watch the Rings of Power out of spite. I'm like, so, can you please stop rebooting? There's so much new creative stuff that okay. has not been done yet. Pick something and do it. So I'm going to be the guy of controversy here, Nick. You're going to hate me, but I actually don't think Rings of Power is that bad. I'm only one episode behind. The only thing that got me... No, hold on. The only thing that got me is it felt more like a Dragon Age Origins story than it did a Star... I mean, a, a Tolkien story. And, I, and, and I've heard all that. Like, like, it's not but I'm not seeing the politics in it that everyone was complaining about. I think it was no, a knee-jerk reaction. Everybody's got to insert politics into everything. That's just the way the world works now. No. I do so I, I think there's that only one they are awesome. will learn to love pineapple on pizza. I was about to say that was the only unforgivable crime that should be a capital crime is pineapple on only, pizza. No, my favorite pizza in the world is pineapple olive or pineapple black olive, uh onion and ham. So for those of you who are ethnically Hawaiian, I'm, I'm up in the air on whether you get a pass on the Hawaiian pizza thing. But everyone else, death penalty. You're gonna send me to the death box because to the death penalty box because you don't think I should put pineapple on pizza? No, no I mean I'm no. sure I could convince you of the error of your ways. You will be evangelized. No, no, no I'm, I'm gonna tell you okay. No, no, there's only one remaining question to ask in this podcast then. Uh-oh. Haggis, yes or no? I've had it, it's acceptable. I've done snuff too. And I played the bagpipes for the Robert Byrne Society. Nerd. I'm so sorry. I live in an alternate culture where when you say I've done snuff, bad things happen. <laughs> I was going, wait, what? Snuff is in tobacco that you sniff through your nose. Old school. Yeah. Uh, uh, the okay, because there's the all there are going, makes snuff means something else. Snuff film. <laughs> also, uh, if you don't know, go look up Kevin Bacon. He even not did a movie on it. Them. Yeah. All right, then. So, about those cowboys. <laughs> no, no cowboys. Good God. Bengals. No, so I'm 
I'm old enough to remember when the Cowboys were winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl, and if you wanted to change the subject, one dude. Okay, but if you wanted to change the subject, you would go so about those Cowboys, and it would just turn the subject to whatever loser wants to talk football. How old are you, Jr? I'm forty. Age check, Nick. How old are you? Forty-four years old, grown strong, and hurting a lot. My knees hurt. Okay, no, no, no. Now we have to figure out. So, what part? of 77 unborn <laughs> but star wars my favorite movie of all damn time the goat was made so, 25th, so, 1977. okay so that means you were born before september of 77. yep astrological sign leo oh shit. i am so sorry no scorpio. we're awesome scorpio 77. oh jesus Okay, so so you notice we didn't we didn't ask Docker age because she's the baby of the podcast. So technically, I'm the oldest. Technically, you are by by so, a lady her age, duh. So we can't ask Seska because she's going to read like she's ten years younger because she hid from pop culture for the entire eighties. That's not true. Seska doesn't read like she's younger because of that she reads like she's younger because she is just kinder than the rest of us. Wait, are we talking about the same duck? Softer. Softer. Soft Somebody likes me. I love you. I like you. So the first time, like one of the first, we were tw only 12 podcasts into our, our little journey together, Doc and I, and we were FaceTiming and talking, trying to make some plans. And her mom walks by and she goes, why are you friends with her? She's weird. That's why. So that's, so that's why she's so tough. That would totally That's, be completely different if you talk to my mother. She'd be like, why are you talking to her? You must be as insane as she is. Yes. Insanity's overrated. And then my mom would ask, introduce me. Okay. So since we're living vicariously through parents right now, tell us about your upbringing. Oh, my God. This is Do we have that much time left? Barbara Walters shit going on right now. <laughs> Tell me about your past. Tell me about your trauma. Seska said, come on and interview the three of us about the podcast and who we are. And I went, no, no, no. I, I said, she asked somebody who has multiple degrees in psychology and sociology to come interview you about who you are. For clarification, I said, we're trying to come up with an idea for the <laughs> 200th episode because our fans didn't give us a good idea. <laughs> We, we tried to go lazy and just do an AMA. I'll totally throw them under the bus. Usually our fans do not fail us on these questionnaires. And, right? and I feel like, like the ball had been dropped. And I'm like, and she's like, oh, just do some behind the scenes stuff. I'll come and do it. I Yeah, I mean, behind the scenes. And you said, just talk to us about who we are and what we do and, you know, how, how we started the podcast. I'm like, oh, okay. Let's talk about Nick's drinking problem. You, you asked somebody with a background in psychology and sociology to come interview you what did you think this is how the sausage is made we asked that question to all our guests how's the sausage made <laughs> we're getting a taste for our own medicine all right so, no, so seriously like out of out of everything in your entire history and fandom pick the three things that you feel have influenced you the most all right um, for me, it was my experience in the military. It really affected how I engaged with content. Like, 
you know, be behind beside the the standard you count bullets when you got a bad guy shooting or good guy, whoever shooting a gun. Like, ah, nope, that bullet doesn't have that many rounds. He should be reloading right now. Um, like just the 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 emotions behind some of it. I, I've noticed some series that I used to like when I realized that they're all sociopaths because they just went and killed all these people in war and I get that it's war and they're like laughing like it's the end of a G.I. Joe episode. Yeah, um, but there's more to it than that, Nick. You know that. Even you crazy rangers don't just go like full murder hobo without drinking it away later. Like, oh, like there's, yeah. there's, there's fallout. And, and so that's one of the things I noticed and it changed how, like what series I was drawn to, what authors I read. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I did take sociology in high school and psychology. So wait, 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 which school district were you in? Uh, <clears throat> it was an AP class. So I took it at Tidewater community. Oh, I was going to say, it would have to be one of the community college classes because I guarantee you there is no high school in Virginia that teaches those. The Virginia Beach School District had it as an AP class. You could have taken it at the community college or you could have taken it with class. But the year I was in, my psych teacher actually had an emotional breakdown and had to be institutionalized. So they sent us to the community college. I know. Irony of ironies, right? Well, she's a high school teacher, so I can't say I'm. I mean, you know, if, if you met me as a high school student, I don't blame her. Oh, I'm retarded in that subject. I don't have. used. All right, I, I. No R word. No. Okay. R word so. Okay. Anyway. Give me another. Give me another word. Give me another word that's close to what I'm meaning. You know, I don't mean it like that. What? Dumb. Defective? No, that, Stunted? We just call it Navy in my family. Stunted. Oh! Bada boom! Oh, <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, and this is how I get kicked off my own podcast. And, and yet, I gotta give him credit. It was the low hanging fruit. I couldn't help myself. Emotionally intelligent. And, and Nick, now you can understand why I was a corporal three times. Banana! Anyway. Banana. <laughs> So I wish I, had, I, wish I still had those minions? goggles still. Huh? Who else loves minions? That shit's cool. Yeah, yeah. I used to have goggles, the minion goggles. But I know. My, my yeah. daughter mm -hmm. actually thought that Bob was her boyfriend until she was four years old. No, nice. Um, Bob is my boyfriend. It's bizarre. Like, she would carry him around and go, Bob's friend. And I'd say, Bob's no, friend. Penguins of Madagascar was good, too. Oh, I love the penguins. They were awesome. Smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. They were totally oh, Air Force. Oh, the spec off penguins? They were awesome. Yeah. Yes, but they were totally Air Force. They I mean, PPs. Uh, maybe tech peas. Maybe. They were definitely well, not Skittles. No, they weren't Do you know Skittles. what a Skittle is? No. Oh, okay. So, you know, when you look at an aircraft carrier and you see all the people in different jumpsuits that are helping the planes go on and off the ship? Yeah. Those are Skittles. I saw huh. that on Top Gun once. That counts. That's you. The, that bar from the first one is like right down the street from my house. So, so do you go there and sing the iconic song? Being on an aircraft carrier and yes. being on an air base or on a land base. Do you've got that love and feeling, Nick? Always. Always. Are you sure that wasn't just And now it's gone. Gone. You know, get a cream. Whoa. So I used to the, uh, at the G bar. Back on base in Fort Lewis. Oh, Doc is rolling her eyes at us. I can see her head rolling around at this point. Doc is desperate to go eat her food. I love food. Well, we got All six right. So, 
two hours. Two mark. hours for two hundredth episode. I feel like they've got yeah. their money's worth. And if you've got more questions, you want to know, like there's always episode three hundred. People, we could do this again. Next uh, time I'll five and totally psychoanalyze them for you. Oh good uh, God! We actually had a guest you joke that they can do that. No, 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 no! She knows the guest. She knows that guest. Wait, that guest did not like me. Jennifer I don't think. What? Jennifer Blackstream? It was oh. the Badass Women in uh, Fantasy podcast, and she just basically was like, no, everything you know is wrong, JR. I mean, she had I a point. Tell you you're wrong think... unless you're using the R word, and then I will tell you you're absolutely wrong because you know what I my name is. I apologize for that. I didn't mean no disrespect. I know. I'm, I I'm know. a dumb knuckle dragon cranium slope. You're fine. I, as long as you never say it around me again, we're all good. You know why? I believe everybody's allowed to make a mistake, be corrected once. If they make it again, it means they forgot. If they make it a third time, it means they don't care. So, Mary, you missed the perfect opportunity to say, I have a You missed the perfect opportunity to say, I have a very specific set of skills, and I will find you. I do have a very specific set of skills. You know what they are? Languages? Well, that's You can't tell us because it's classified. We know this. We've interviewed you. I can't tell you about my time in the Navy because it's classified. <laughs> Damn crypto technicians, Jesus. I I was in prior to 9-11 and I was discharged because of an anxiety disorder. Right. That came just before 9-11. So that's as much as I can talk about with my Navy experience. That said, I have a very specific set of skills that I have fostered since getting away from languages and the Navy. Is it I'm, actually, I'm actually an educational and disabilities advocate. I have multiple degrees in uh, education, psychology, sociology, and all, all the things that help me figure out how to help people be better people. She I likes love sociology. Yeah. So sociology. in the infantry, we learned that no, beer helps us be better people. Science, she likes it. That's why she I doesn't like chemistry. I, 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 I love it. chemistry. I love the chemistry that makes this. But in addition to that, I'm also a farmer. So for our, our days away from becoming the Joker. So you'll you'll appreciate this, Mira. For our hundredth episode, uh, the J.R. Hanley Incorporated sent Seska because it was a tax write-off a chemistry cup. It's a booze cup that has the um, the chemical formula for for the alcohol that she likes, the wine. It was like the chemical symbol. What's oh, that stuff awesome. called? The drawing with the squares Edgy. and the lines. There's chemical squares crack. and lines. Are there squigglies too? There are it, it was, there, yeah. There you go. See, you're asking like I barely made it through does Betty it, Crocker does it calculus. Have sine, cosine, or tangent involved? No, I don't think so. It's science. I just smile and nod. Again, yes, public school math. math associated with science. That's why I was making the joke because she said you don't do math. The science of whiskey. Yes. Very. That cool. was. I I actually have a necklace that I wore around her at Dragon Con, hoping she would pick up on it, and she never did. The other option was the science was of uh, chocolate. Everything else you were doing. It was a serotonin molecule. Okay. I was all right. So by everything else you were wearing or Aww, not wearing, I've heard like about you, Dragon Con ladies. No, no. Saskia got on stage as a Viking and danced with me, and then she got on stage. Or no, sorry, she got on stage with me as a pirate and danced with me, and then I got her on stage as a Viking and got her to dance with me. Can we see this? Yes, you I have both. Okay. I Even if it can't go are. out, like just, are. you know. Are you on Facebook? I am. I we are friends on Facebook. Oh, we are? Yes. 
Unless you purged me. Jeez. I don't think I purged you. Did you survive the purge? <laughs> All right. About the word For those of you who friend me on Facebook, if the algorithm does not show you to me, I will forget that we're friends. Fair, fair. Not that I know so, you in real life. Um, I see his all the time. I still forget Oh my God. I will send you the videos. I will send you the video links for the pirates and for the masquerade so that you can not only see Miss Seska dancing her wonderful dancingness on stage, and she is really good. It's so awesome. I want you to put it at the back. Oh, good. You messaged me. Yay. I can find you. I want you to put them on the back of this video so that your whole audience can see how amazing she is. Outstanding. <laughs> All right. So before we wrap this up, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do that, people. If we can get this in time, we're pre-recording this because we just released episode one eighty-five. Because we're gonna do a string of uh, anthologies. Because you know, boys and girls, that I love me some short content. So I knew we would hit it soon. So we're pre-recording this. If we can get it in time, we'll do it. Otherwise, we promise you will see it as soon as we see it. But as we as we wrap this puppy up, Mira, what are you working on for costuming? Like, what's your current project? I actually have a, um, if your voters can vote on it in the comments. I have two weeks coming up where I will have nothing that I'm working on. So for those of you who don't know, I run a company called Prop House 42. Uh, size does, what? In size stories. does matter oh. in stories, she said. Okay, that's fine. Jeez, Saskia, you're killing me. Anyway, the hell is she typing? What did she type? It was your it was your contact information scrolled across the bottom. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was DC page to stage. Okay, so I I am actually Prop House Forty Two Productions. So we do costume sets and props uh, for the for the entertainment industry. And as you know, right now, depending on when you're watching it, this is fall season, even though I'm wearing my Christmas sweater. Um, we are barely towards the end of September. Um, and so uh, right now we're working on haunts. And so we've got some stuff at a couple of theme parks. We've got seven different haunt contracts, including a haunted railroad. So I'm working on all of those right now. So if you're going someplace in Virginia or the Carolinas, it's a very good chance you may run something that Prop House 42 has done. Um, and that's me and my husband um, and all of our wonderful employees. But uh, in addition to that, Mara Rose, I have two weeks off in November and I'm actually trying to decide which costume I'm going to make in those two weeks. And this will be a costume that I will take to Dragon Con next year because Sasko wants me to put something up and do a performance as a competitive cosplayer who's won awards um, internationally, we won't even go into the number because it intimidates people. Um, she wants me to put a competition entry up on stage so people know what one looks like from an international winner, which I think is ridiculous, but whatever. Um, so the four costumes that I'm asking people to choose from right now, you can vote on in the comments. Number one is, oh crap, do I remember? Um, hey, Saska, can you pull up Facebook? Oh, no. oh, Maybe. Hold on. Let me let me see if I can pull it up. Um, how long will this take me to do? No, I'm looking it up. Okay. Well, while she's doing that, Nick, what comic are you drawing for us right now? Uh, I'm working on the Spawn Bengali pinup that will be sold at my next convention, wherever the hell that is. 
uh, as I work on the Phantom Hawk and Tin Soldier crossover. Wait, did you say you work on Spawn? Uh, I draw Spawn from time to time, yes. Are you a fan, I take it? My husband and I are huge fans. Okay. Uh, we actually will... did Spawn and Lady Spawn a few years ago as costumes. Oh, awesome. Uh, I'll work something up and send it y'all's way. That would be freaking epic. Can I remember my Oh, my God. No, don't. Don't put the pressure on me. That's going to be epic. I'm going to do my best. <laughs> no, you're fine. I'm just trying to remember my password. For, you should uh, do Spawn as a chicken. Do not do Spawn as a chicken. No, that is blasphemy. I'm going to anything else but not Spawn. <laughs> spawn of the Cisco. And I'm going to give you Rob Liefeld-sized anatomy. All right. So, Doc, uh, are you working on anything? Are you ever going to finish that short story you started? That we peer pressured yeah, you about all those years ago. No, that's your story. You got you got a protagonist. You know, goes through a series I, of I, I have yeah. a protagonist in in a in a an antagonist, and and you guys have like a series of conflicts, yeah. And then yes, like, you know. So I take that as you wow, have not added new words. Really load that slowly. Yes, I am rural. So, so Seska is not working on anything but recovering from Dragon. Okay, noted, yeah. noted. Then, Dragon Con is an emotionally draining experience. Dragon Con is exceptionally emotional. And physically. And physically. It's a little crazy. It's, it's, like, it's like an endurance trial. It's like soccer. And then, and then we went straight. This is literally the first day I've had since Dragon Con, and it's been most of the month. I've been home for 20 days, and this is the first day I actually had any serious time off. So... Yeah, you got eleven more days. I I have an entire. I added another scene with the the character Chucky in it. Okay, know. okay. I am um, uh, cleaning up two stories at the same time because I uh, am on new meds for the brain damage and I can actually think again, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, so I'm one that's not medicinally unchecked. I am. Well, oh you know, God. you, you get as many concussions as I have, and the doctors want to watch you to make sure, like, you don't go in dementia territory. He's not yes, wrong. Yeah, no, I know. But my blood work came back good, so I, so I am no longer in the, the TBI-induced dementia category for concern for another year. Yeah. Um, that means I have to eat healthy and be boring. So. All right, so here's what you got, guys. You ready? So option number one, if you can see her, is Winifred from Hocus Pocus 2. This is a glorious costume with some really amazing embroidery on it. And I absolutely love the character because I'm just a huge fan of Focus. Um, yes, I know the story is cheesy as crap. But when you are a parent of small children, cheesy as crap is what you go with. Um, We're excited for two. Um, and so I'm looking forward to two, which I think comes out tomorrow. Um, the no, next the 30th. Yeah, so the next one is actually a passion project, and you're not going to be able to see this itty-bitty tiny graphic. But if you're familiar with Igor Stravinsky's ballet, The Firebird, um, my mother was actually a ballerina for many years until she sustained some um, inner ear uh, vertigo major issues and could no longer do lifts. And so um, I actually designed The Firebird as kind of a tribute to her and to what she did as a dancer. And I have actually made and scrapped this costume to 90% three times because I cannot get it to where I want it to be. So this is a multimedia build. So it would be thermoplastics, EVA foam. It's got our, an Arduino controller for um, mechanical 
wings that stretch up and turn into a pirouette silhouette um, for like a ballerina's silhouette. What and, do you um, embroidery at the yin yang? So that. So what do you hold on? Hold on. If it's that personal to you, why are you even voting on it? You you've just described the one you should be doing. Well, I'm voting on it because of the fact that I very rarely ever get two solid weeks to work on something. And I know there are other costumes that people would like me to do. And so, I, you know, I, I want that one to be done, but I'm still not entirely certain I can get it done in two weeks time. Um, so there's that one. Then there's this, this is Brea. Um, Brea is actually a character from the Kellinor Chronicles. Uh, which is a series that my husband and I wrote together, which is a fantasy, um, mythic fantasy a la D&D, &D, but not using D&D &D worlds because obviously there's trademark issues there. Um, eight characters, each with their own three book trilogy, hasn't been sold. If you're a publisher and you're looking for somebody that's already written 24 books, we've got them. Uh, but this is one of my favorite characters out of it. She's a dragonborn elf uh sorceress slash um uh ranger and uh in a yeah, ranger. also a, a daughter of a very elder dragon deity who's exceptionally evil um but she's Ooh. really cool and i like her a lot um and then the last one is from overwatch it is the harley quinn variant for the diva skin and mech all right so you guys can vote in the comment section but uh as far as how to reach everybody, so Mir has been on the episodes before, so you can track her contacts down. We'll link the uh, page to stage uh, costuming link for the sponsorship. We will link the application for authors that want to get involved. You can find us, dear listener, on Twitter at twitter.com backslash SF underscore fantasy underscore show. Sierra Foxtrot underscore fantasy underscore show. You can email us at blastersandbladespodcast at gmail.com, blastersandbladespodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook where all the shenanigans happen, where we expect you to participate in the discussion, people. At facebook.com backslash groups backslash Blasters and Blades podcast. Again, backslash groups backslash Blasters and Blades podcast. You can follow us on our website, which is still anchor.fm backslash Blasters Tech and Tech Blades. I promise we are working on the new one. Again, anchor.fm backslash Blasters Tech and Tech Blades, where you can support the show for as little as 99 cents a month. Or you can support the show more directly at buymeacoffee.com backslash author J.R. Handley. Again, buymeacoffee.com backslash author J.R. Handley, where be sure to put in the comment section that is for the podcast. I promise I will keep my co-hosts, Doc Seska and Nick Garber, duly intoxicated. They will drink until their liver surrenders. <laughs> so thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. Thank you for keeping up with us for two years. If you're new, please go check out the other ones because... Trust me, the, this is just the tip of the iceberg. It's a rather big tip, but still just the tip. Ooh, that's what she said. <laughs> so on behalf of all everybody here, Mira, JR, Nick, this was the Blasters and Blades podcast. Oh, look, she brought Kenan's out again. 200th episode and for Mira. And I got now I gotta name another cat. Thank I you gotta name another cat. Pizza is the best. 